Material Components Episode 8 Barging In Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gorgoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. How's it going, adventurers? Hello! It's going Hi. good. Uh, I am a stalwart adventurer. I am uh, Olivia Gray. <laughs> God. All right. Uh, I'm playing uh, Tirza, Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. Uh, I'm Elliot, and I'll be playing T- uh, Cherish, the Tiefling Sorcerer. Uh, I'm Michael, and I'm playing Sid, the Half-Elf Rogue. Hi, I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Yes, indeed. So I would like to begin this session the way I begin every session, by asking all of you, do you remember what happened last time? Uh, yeah. We got we got on a boat. No, no we no, super didn't. No, we, 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 we not we even got, remotely. We're already hundred percent did. Already halfway down the river. <laughs> no, we're there. We're at <laughs> the tower. We're at the tower. We saw the old mage. Uh, Look at the epilogue. If you just want to skip to the end, that's fine. <laughs> no, no. And so you have come to me at last. No. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll rewind it. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> what what actually happened? Uh, well, we, we had, met. We, oh, oh, well, we did have a rift in friendship for a moment, uh, yeah. because we couldn't decide what to do about that cultist. Um, there turns out, turns out that his... torture was a bit of a sticking point for some. Yeah. There were some votes for cutting his arm off. There were votes for not doing that. We did end up doing it anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was a group vote, okay? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> three to one, that's fair. That's how that democracy works. It is yes, fighting to torture people. Oh, it, God, wasn't torture. it wasn't torture. It wasn't torture, okay? He was hurting people, namely us. Um, that's still that's it's yeah. not torture it's literally like say he had like a sword okay well his sword just happened to be his arm reed is pro gitmo that's what yeah, i'm saying i am not i am not i am not i think what Jeez. we are establishing here is that <laughs> grawl's opinion is that dismemberment doesn't count as torture that's all I he's saying like, yeah. yeah i feel like if it's done quickly it's very little difference between that and surgery so yeah now <laughs> What is hard okay. to dispute with the torture is then immolating said person's dismembered arm in front of them. Well, yeah. Point of okay. order. That, that Point, of order. Point of order. Mm. The arm caught itself caught itself on fire first. Mm. And it was already burning. <laughs> so you just like nudge it to the lawn. decided this could be more on fire. It could yes. be more on fire. <laughs> more on fire. <laughs> Yeah, and then we uh, left him there, um, seemed really uh, bummed out about his lack of arm. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> you know? Um, and we just 
went on our merry way um, until we got to our, well, our first destination, at least, um, which was, I wrote it down. Wickmore's um, Landing. Wickmore's Landing, thank I, you. I should hope you remember that, considering y'all came up with that name. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you had arrived at the riverside town of Wickmore's Landing, the trade and crossroads that served as a stopping point for many travelers moving northwards to Lake Quelio, eastwards to Stormhaven, or westwards upward into the Drylands. It is here you found your contact among the Lock Wardens. Do you remember this individual at all? Oh, this how could I beautiful, forget? wonderful uh, individual. So far the best character. Yes. Uh, of any campaign. Of any campaign. Uh, Captain Guru. <laughs> Yeah. Our bear friend. Captain Our Guru. best bear friend. Our best bear friend. Yes, a white-furred, piratical bear folk named Captain Guru met you in the Lock Warden stronghold within Wickmore's Landing, telling you that you had a day to yourselves before the flotilla leaving for the tower would strike northward. So you had found lodgings at... Do you remember the name of the inn? The Moody Oyster. The yep. Moody Oyster. <laughs> it is there that Sid attempted to eat oysters for the first time and failed spectacularly. I mean, bad. You know, bad job. it didn't. It it landed on the floor instead of in my mouth. So in that sense, you could say I did fail. <laughs> but I also tried something new for the first time, and I'd like to think that's really uh, a success. That's what counts. Yeah, and then small victories. Had a spooky, spooky dream. Yes. Uh, I cherish uh, when took a nap. Because we do all have level one exhaustion still. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and cherish had a spooky, ooky, spooky dream. Hmm. Uh, and I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Mm. Sure, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But yes, we pick up with Cherish coming down the stairs into the common room of the Moody Oyster, finding your companions sharing in some sumptuous seafood, some of them trying it for the first time. I um, I wanted to say this last time, and we ended before I got to, uh, I'm 100% teaching Sid how to actually eat an oyster. If it's the last thing I do. <laughs> I don't even use utensils for anything. I mean, you well, shouldn't you have to. Yeah. Oysters. <laughs> That's, That's like why the... I love it so far. Anyway, all right. Uh, well, Grawl's still in his room, right? Oh, yeah. Grawl had rented out the Captain's Suite on the <laughs> top yeah. level of the Moody Oyster. Didn't realize that was an option. I would have taken that, but but yeah. I'm oh, well. fairly certain he had come back downstairs after he had, yeah a quick uh, sn break into the mini bar. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can't remember. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, if we're if we're just starting, like, oh, Cherish is coming downstairs. Honestly, I think the stream is kind of spooked her a little bit. Um, and. Like, she's coming down the stairs, and she, like, looks really worried and is, like, like tying her hair up and, like, not even, like, doesn't even look at Tears and Sid and just, like, walks out the door. Oh, interesting. Mm. Um. I don't know if I notice. 
Yeah, do we have to... Mm. Sid, your passive perception is 15, yes? That, that is correct, yeah. I would say you definitely noticed the purple tiefling walking down the stairs and then out... Time for my catchphrase. I'm purple. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, that's a good, that's a really good catchphrase. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, can I tell that she looks spooked or do I just see her walking? I think that would require an insight check. Yeah, I suppose it would. My passive perception is 11, so I don't, yeah. Backs to the stairs. Yeah. Insight. Total situational Uh, awareness. 17? You can tell that Cherish seems, I don't know, Cherish, what does your posture and movement suggest in terms of your rationale? Um, So I think, I think that that Cherish's general, like, demeanor and, uh, like, posture is, uh, like, I don't want to say slow, but, like, not very... In a, she's not in a hurry. So a it, lot. It, it is a focused stride, not a panicked yes. scurry. Yes. Okay. I probably I don't know if I would have. So Cherish uh, seems a tad out of sorts and seems to be focused on something that is not currently in the room, but doesn't seem to be frightened or scared or moving about in a terrified fashion. Okay. So then I guess I kind of just make a mental note and then I go back to what I was doing. Shoot oysters. Shoot oysters. That's how it works. (laughs) The Charles Deer have like weird things that they eat with oysters, which I've requested from the bar, and so I'm just eating these just gross oyster combinations. (laughs) What are some examples of your gross oyster combinations? I knew you were gonna ask that, and I was like, (laughs) God, I should think of some things. I mean, (laughs) Olivia the player thinks oysters are gross anyway, so um, God, just like orange peel instead of orange, like instead of citrus. It's just like there's zest on it, and mm-hmm. it makes it like <laughs> gritty. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe salt, it, salt water. Really... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Naturally brined. Um... Grawl, are you sitting with the kids? <laughs> No. So are they all sitting at the bench? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> of course not. That's no, good. Um, uh, I'm assuming like they're sitting at like a, the bar kind of thing on like stools, or is, are they at like a table? I think they found a table, probably off to the side. Yeah. yeah. Well, whichever one they're at, Grawl's at the other one. Mm. So yeah. So if they're at a table, he's up at the bar. Okay. So, you continue enjoying your afternoon. Cherish, where do you head once you leave the Moody Oyster? I am looking for... I mean, I'm looking for a shop where... I'm looking for somewhere where I can buy a journal. Because I'm trying to... A, I need to write down all the stuff that happened earlier with uh, Tears's... With that, like, symbol and, like, lighting the cloth on fire. And also, I'm like, I need to buy a journal so I can write down this dream immediately. Okay. Odds or evens? <clears throat> Evens. Evens. All right. You eventually stalk out into the city proper, and it is a bustling trade city. It's not 
difficult to find some kind of bookstore. It seems to mostly trade in almanacs and mm-hmm. things of that nature. It is called Bernhardt's Bindery. Nice. Good name. And it is there you find low shelves full of, like I said, almanacs, tide charts, river charts, maps. It's really more of a place for bringing things you want, like, bound together into a book that they can then do that for you. But if you're just looking for blank pages of paper to bind together into a book, they can accommodate that as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I definitely I definitely walk into the store. Okay. And you are assaulted by the smell of glue and mulched paper. This place is an active, like, paper creation. I don't know what that's called. Paper. Refinery, probably, yeah. maybe? Or mill, yeah. Mill, yeah. So they are they're mulching wood and actively creating paper in the background, and it smells like it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they have binding glue and a printing press in here as well. So, uh, you are met to the sounds and smells of such a place, and in the center of it all is a barrel-chested man with a really distinguished pair of mutton chops that connect up into a a mustache. Mm -hmm. He is wearing a vest and pants and little else, and is striding to and from different workstations saying, like, no, no, this typeset needs to be different. No, 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 no. You're binding it all wrong and constantly correcting his workers. Yeah. There is a small counter in like in the sales area because the sales area really doesn't have a ton of stuff. It's not like a bookstore yeah. in here. And you can see sort of the factory floor is the majority of this building. And at mm-hmm. the small counter, there is a tiny little bell that you can ring. I ring it. Ding. Uh, almost before it stops ringing... A dwarf bustles up to the counter and says, How can I help you? Uh, hello. I would really love to get um, some uh, blank pieces of paper bound together. How many? Uh, for a, um, uh, 50? Cover or no cover? Uh, cover, please. Right. Uh, that'll be five gold. Okay. Here you go. And they'll scoop up the money into a bag and then bustle off into the back and shout out, Number five covered! And then someone else in the distance will go, Number five covered! And then it'll go, Number five covered! Excellent. And Good teamwork. At some point, the burly person will go, You call that a cover? I'll show you a cover! And, like, go over to the covering station. And the burly man himself will walk over in a relatively short amount of time. This seems to be a very quick operation that's going on here. Oh, dang. Um, and come over to you with a rough-bound 50-page journal. It is bound in what looks like thick hide of some kind. You don't know what it is. Um, But he slams it on the counter and says, Thank you for shopping, Bernhardt's. Come again. And then just turn Uh, around and walk away. uh, Thank you. Uh, Do do you guys sell um, ink, ink, uh, Things for writing here, too? Or do I need to go somewhere else? And then the barrel-chested human will say, Quigley! And then that dwarf will bustle back and say, uh, Ink's over on the third shelf. That'll be five silver. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Aye. 
and you can get an ink pot. Alright. Do I need to go somewhere else to buy a pen? Um, they, you can buy a quill here, you just didn't ask for it. Oh, okay. Yes, I will also buy a quill. Okay. Yep, you can buy one of those as well. That is two silver. Two silver, okay. Perfect. The book has a very intense smell about it, because the glue mm -hmm. is fresh and the binding is fresh. Yeah. But that should wear off in a couple of days. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, get all that together and head back to the Moody Oyster. Okay. Um, unless there's anything else everyone want to, want to accomplish this day, you have the whole next day ahead of you to do nothing, essentially, because the caravan doesn't leave till the 9th, and it is currently near mid-afternoon of the 7th. So unless anyone has anything they would like to accomplish in the latter part of this day. Uh, I do want to ask uh, for, because I'm, Cherish is probably like, oh, I should probably like wait to write in this until the glue is dried. I don't want to mess this up. So <laughs> she probably asks for like a blank sheet of paper or parchment at the bar or front desk or whatever. Uh, they don't have that. Bummer. They can give you like a piece of chalk slate, but they'll ask for it back. Mm. Yeah, okay, then she's just going to take the journal back to her room and very gingerly open the book and write down all the stuff that she wanted to write down. Okay. Anything else anyone would like to accomplish on the rest of this day? Or just hanging uh, out in the Moody Oyster? I mean, yeah. yeah, I think most of Tirza's day is, like, spent... Resolving herself to continue <laughs> with this party because she's sad about everything. Wow. Okay. Um. Uh, and actually, you know what? I think she probably uh like goes up to her room and is by herself for a while for most of the afternoon as well. Okay, I believe. Tirza and Cherish were sharing a room, yes? Nope. No, we got separate rooms because no, there's only one, one bed per room. Right, that's correct. I just took the one that Sid bought. So, <sighs> as you are <laughs> consoling yourself, um, there, the cloak about your shoulders kind of just like feels a little bit heavier, as though it's trying to, like, hug you slightly. Uh, and there is a feeling of stalwart resolve, but also empathy radiating from the cape. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think she knows what she needs to do, and I think she's pretty resolved herself by the end of the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we would then shift over to the next day, which is the 8th Salt, the 8th day of the month of Salt. Um, do you all sleep in your own individual rooms, get a good night's sleep? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so yeah. you lose that level of exhaustion you'd garnered. Yeah. Sleeping in beds yeah. is a nice change of pace. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, is there anything you would like to accomplish on this, the eighth day of the month of salt, in the town of Wickmore's Landing? You know at dawn the next day you will be meeting Captain Guru upon wharf number one to accompany the flotilla northward, but until then, your time is your own. Hmm. I definitely want to go sightseeing just to see what's like what this town has to offer, I guess. You know, just just gonna wander around. Okay. Does anyone Nothing. accompany Sid? Um, like, I think I'm Cherish going out. goes. I think Cherish goes. If if Sid is like going with the express like interest of walking around Wickmore's Landing, I think since she's been there before, she's like, oh yeah, I'll go with you. Like I know about some places, and I'd like to see more of the city. Great, you can be my tour guide. Grawl. <laughs> <Read. laughs> I was gonna be like, what? Mm. Do, I, do I need to ask you, or do you? <laughs> well, I mean, like Grawl, Grawl, Grawl wouldn't know. Uh, he hasn't come out of his room yet. Oh. Then I knock on your door very loudly. So you over and over again. You walk up to the only door on the third floor. Yes. And I just, I just kind of knock on it repeatedly. Grawl, you hear a thump, a thump, a thump, a thump, a thump on your door. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Uh, can mage hand open doors <laughs> from thirty feet? Yeah. Perfect. Great. I mean, so um, long uh, as they're not locked. That... Yeah. No, it's not locked. <laughs> uh, f- uh, from my bed, I'm going to use mage hand to open open the door. I hate everything about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sid, the door opens itself. Uh, okay. I think I'm there too. Cherishes with Sid as well. All right, you both walk into uh, a palatial suite. Wow! Damn. Wish I nice, known right? this place. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really nice. There's a fainting yeah. couch. There's a chaise lounge. There's a balcony overlooking the docks. There is a mini bar. There is an amazing looking bath off to one side with like clawed foot on the bottom of it. There is a huge circular bed off to one side. And that is I what you slept. Are I slept on almost every single object in here. And they're all comfortable. All of them. I'm glad that slept is the verb that you used. Me too? <laughs> I know. It could have gone. It could have gone direction. so bad. Yeah, really bad. And I just don't know if you growl. It could go in any direction. Yeah. No, but, like, like, come over here. Come, come, come over here. Come over here. And I'm gonna get up out of the bed. Not like I'm not like gesturing you towards the bed. <laughs> come hither. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm gonna get up and go over towards the bathtub. Just a quick just, question, growl. Yeah. What are you wearing? <laughs> I was. He's wearing like his like under tunic and stuff like that. Like it's not like just sup y'all in the buff. Um yeah, he's got like the sword and his like cloak and all the other stuff is just off like piled up. It's not folded or anything. Okay. Yeah. Just, just making sure. Come... Oh yeah, 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 no. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think yeah, Cherish like <laughs> walks over and sits on the bed and is like 
yeah, it's super comfortable. Wait, um, you're showing me the bath? Or yeah, something? yeah. Oh. What, what's up? What's the deal with that? Look at it. Just look at it. Okay, what do I see? Okay. It is I a wide, it. deep porcelain basin. It looks large enough for at least five people. Mm. Or two girls. Is there um, is there something is there something special about this bath or Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> Isn't it great? I mean it's it's not you know currently what? full of water. It's right. not currently full of water. Um But, but it, could yeah. be. it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can we take it with us? I don't think oh, so. No. No. What do you mean no? I paid it's, for it. it. No. Oh. I mean it's it's Grawl. kind of the heaviest thing in this room. Yeah, and, but it's the best thing. And Grawl, Grawl, mm. you paid to sleep in here for t- last night and tonight. That's all you paid for. Well, how much does the bath cost? I can buy it. Uh, Actually, maybe. How much money do you have? I'm not telling you. <laughs> Fair enough. I I don't know, but I doubt I doubt it. Okay. I'll talk to the barmaid. I I don't think she, it, girl um I don't think she's going to say yes. And if she that. and if she, but if she does say no Why would she say no? I don't I don't know. I okay. I don't know, but if she does what was your plan B? Haven't got that far yet. I was planning on her saying yes. Okay. Well, in the meantime, while you're thinking about it, do you want to uh, join us as we explore the city? How big is Whitmore's Landing? It's pretty big. It's, I mean, it's okay. no Stormhaven. It's probably about a sixth of the size of Stormhaven, but that's pretty damn big. There are okay. I was still in my brain. I was thinking like small little like fishing village. No, no, no. This is a big crossroads town. Okay. Population here is probably edging in towards 10,000 people, uh, but it's a transitory population because people are always coming and going. It fluctuates quite a bit. Okay. I'm going to get dressed like fully garbed and then I guess we can go look. Yeah. That's enthusiasm. Uh, who else is joining? Uh, have we... Cherish, could you give me a perception check real quick? Yes, I can. I can't tell what that is. I'm so blind. Fifteen? Okay. Yeah, you don't notice anything. Okay, shit. (laughs) So the the three of you leave to go explore the city? Uh, Tears is downstairs. I don't. Oh. Yeah, hey, I. We, we I was gonna say right like. Past her and say nothing. <laughs> no. Um. Also, I. I would just like to establish that like our rooms have locks on them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to lock the door to my room before we go. But also, I'm bringing my bag anyway. So you're not necessarily leaving anything in your room. No. Okay. So. Tirza, do you leave with the whole group then to go uh, explore yeah. the city? I'll go with everybody, yeah. Yay! Okay, so group field trip. 
you all strike out into Wickmore's Landing. Do you have any particular points of interest you want to try to track down? Uh, or you just want to start meandering? What are, what are the points of interest? Yeah, you're the expert. Well, uh, there is the uh, what is highly debated to be the first lamppost that was built. Uh, there's actually two of those um, because no one can really uh, be sure which one was the first. They are on opposite sides of the city. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we have to go look at them both because they both have a story to history. Um, there is actually a walking path that is laid down in a small rivulet of wax that winds throughout the city that links the two lampposts. Mm -hmm. Think like the, the Freedom Trail in Boston, where you can mm -hmm. sort of walk along that, except it's just a layer of wax that's on the roadside. Yeah. I I mean, Mike, that's so good. I was literally just about to say, "Oh my God!" Like the freedom, freedom <laughs> trail. <laughs> is there um, is there there's... something in Wickmore's Landing that is less creepy than little wax men burning themselves? Oh, because I was gonna <laughs> I say, I think they're great. I want the, one. The the uh, the like uh, kind of like how Vincent Van Gogh's. Uh, like a not apartment, but like there's that Vincent Van Gogh museum that's like a house, right? In uh mm -hmm. um Oh my god, Amsterdam. Jesus. Um isn't isn't it just like a house? No. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, 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 I'm so, sorry. So I'm thinking I'm I'm like, oh, so like where where um Wick what's his face? Wickmore, the man himself, uh lived and worked where he lived and worked has been turned into a uh, like historical monument so wickmore house is a small mansion on the far side about as far from the river as you can get it is a small museum of like the history of wickmore's landing it talks about mm -hmm. some of the people who founded the city and their trials and tribulations as they were establishing essentially a frontier town because mm -hmm. when Magic went mad 500-some-odd years ago. What was left of civilization was shepherded into Stormhaven, specifically Old Haven, because that was as big as that city was originally. Mm -hmm. After that, once the city started growing and more people started going out and exploring the valley, Wickmore's Landing, led by Wickmore himself, was one of the first towns established. So it was one of the big frontier towns even though it's only, like, four days marching from Stormhaven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Um, anything else you would like to find within the city? Is there, like, a novelty shop that has many uh, little candle dudes for purchase? Oh, that's uh, in the gift shop at Wickmore House. Yeah. Okay, I must have missed that. Are they are they real ones or are they cheap imitations? What they are is a game that children play on the streets of Wickmore's Landing is seeing if they can run up to the lampposts and steal little bits of wax from the living wicks before the horrible little homunculi leap down off of their purchases and assault children. Uh, <laughs> everyone thinks it's such good fun, except for the living wicks whose flesh they are stealing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Good. Gross. And so you can buy miniature living wicks that 
really only act as candles because they're about uh, probably three or four inches big, and they are, some of them are supposedly made from the real wax of the living wicks. They're not. Most of them. Are. Yeah, no. When you say that, these it's must be honest merchants. <laughs> they're creepy, so I don't I don't care if they're real. I hope they're mm. not. So real. Souls of children reside inside of them. Other points of interest in the in the city proper, there is a packing district where uh, there are tons of like big long warehouses that have been constructed near the docks. You saw one of the landmarks, and that's the garrison of the Lock Wardens. It's made out of a bunch of busted ships and whatnot, like I described yesterday. There's also an outpost of the Haven Guard, as well as the Edge Masons, though they are, to lesser degrees, spectacular than the Lock Wardens' headquarters. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's just a bustling trade city. There is a big bazaar on the south side of town that you can shop in if you so choose maybe it is called the tricorners bazaar tricorners bazaar it represents a crossroads between lake quelio the drylands and stormhaven it's almost like a miniature maker festival that's happening year round here oh let's go to that yeah that sounds great yeah i'm sure uh sid gets a five finger discount right oh yeah everywhere i go yeah perfect Great. Get me something good. I just accepted, like, I just told myself I wanted to be part of this party again. I mean, you didn't tell if me If he gets that, a so. good enough stealth check, it's not like you're gonna know. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> the classic paladin dodge of, my, what fine yet rustic architecture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rogue is stuffing everything into a bag of holding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, as you go about sightseeing, uh, you eventually find your way to the Tricorners Bazaar. There you see, like I said, it's almost like a maker festival in miniature. There is all sorts of people hawking their wares. Traders from the Drylands, uh, more established merchants from Stormhaven, river folk from up and down the rivers leading to Lake Quelio. Nothing truly spectacular, but if you're looking for Anything in particular, please let me know. Hmm. What do I need? I kind of want to buy a trident. <laughs> I love, I love them. I saw them in the lock war, uh, like offices, and I love them. Hmm. Can I buy like a warmer coat? here, or... We haven't really established like what... Like, if we're wearing warm clothes or just regular traveling clothes. I or, am like... working under the assumption that your character's new, you are in the first month of winter, so, while it is not as cold as it's going to get, it's still pretty dang cold. Yeah. So, okay. you will have all dressed appropriately. At least that's what I'm assuming right now, unless you tell me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, Cherish uh, looks for like a new a new coat. She hasn't had like a new coat in a in a minute. Okay. So looking about, you eventually find 
several clothiers. Are you looking for something a bit more exotic or something a bit more rote? Because there are established clothing shops where you can find something mm-hmm. that's well-made and serviceable, but not necessarily flashy. But there are more interesting little stalls and vendors about the bazaar that might have something from exotic locales. As exotic mm-hmm. as you can get within the valley, anyway. Yeah. Um, she's mostly just looking for something that's going to be warm and also complements her skin. Okay. So, for that sort of selection and usability, you could probably find a clothing store fairly easily. It is not difficult in this place. Yeah. So, as you gallivant around, you eventually find a clothing store that is run by a tan-skinned woman. Um, She introduces herself as Sadek. Her clothing store is doesn't really have any signage. It just has a hanging sign out front that has in the shape of a shirt. And it seems to get the point across to most people. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And she seems to be a, a tailor and a clothier. Her wares are displayed on a wide front window on wooden mannequins that seem to have been like roughly made out of driftwood. Mm-hmm. So in I go. Uh in you go and you could pretty easily find a coat that is very easy to will suit all your needs and be to whatever color palette you so choose. Perfect. This is fairly a fairly cosmopolitan city, so there is access to dyes and whatnot. Hmm. Um, anything else anyone is looking for in the Tri Corners Bazaar? I made a joke about buying a trident, but I actually would like to get a um trident. No. Uh I do need a one handed weapon though. Okay. Um sorry, I'm looking at the list. Sure. Can I go to an armory? Yeah, absolutely. Um same question though, are you looking for something like exotic and might be special in the bazaar or something basic that you find in a more established shop? Uh, basic. Okay. I think. Yeah, you could pretty easily find a shop. Um, by the way, uh, Cherish, that coat cost you two gold. Okay. Um. So, wandering about the bazaar, you find a blacksmithery uh, run as is tradition by a dwarven battle unit. Uh, Dwarves on a whole tend to come in pairs, this you know, though they also don't necessarily distinguish gender. All dwarves are simply dwarves. So you know they're probably a married pair that works this forge, but to them it really doesn't matter which one is which. Eventually, one of them will pop out a baby, but until now, you just have to work the forge, and that's how life goes. <laughs> that's just how it be sometimes. <laughs> this is like the ideal lifestyle. <laughs> um, but yeah, the one you're introduced to refers to themselves as Guy Gear Maven. Nice. Uh, hello. Um, what can I help you with, girl? 
I'm uh, I'm looking for mm, something I can use with this, and I give my shield a little tap tap. I you be looking for weapons then? Yes. Um, <laughs> I only wield. I've only wielded lances. It's it's getting impractical. Let's be honest. For sure. A lance is a mounted warrior's weapon, so <laughs> using one while you're fighting with a shield seems a bit impractical. It is. I really have to fix that. <laughs> well, how can old guy help you? What do you be looking for? Um, I am looking at the weapons list right now to, sir, ma'am, uh, um. Sir is fine. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. I, um, oh, also, I'm having this conversation in Dwarvish. Huh. Yeah, and so they're... I speak that. Um, then sorry, I... Dwarvish I, would I, definitely have a, uh, a pronoun that just means dwarf. I love it. There you go. Uh, it's like an honorific, I assume. Uh, no, it's more like, ho, fellow dwarf, who is a companion among all those who are dwarf. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I'm definitely using that. Um, I'm looking for a warhammer. That's what I'm looking for. Warhammer? That's easy, what I want. Easy enough. Oh, you you can make me one, or do you have one available? And they walk over to a rack and pull off just like a very sturdy looking warhammer. It's got a bit of a pick on one side and a hammery end on the other. And I say, well, let's do for you. Uh, Yes. And they I'm... toss it over to you, expecting you to catch it. Uh, do I have to roll to Give catch it? Give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, mm -hmm. God. <laughs> catch it with your face. <laughs> Am I going to impress these guys? Are we no, around? I got a 12. You catch it easily enough, and you're strong oh, okay. enough to where you don't drop it immediately. Okay, cool. So you heft it, and it is a sturdy warhammer of darkening iron, but there's nothing truly special about it. Okay. So uh -huh. this will this will this will suffice quite nicely. Thank you. I that's fine craftsmanship you got there. Uh and I kind of inspect it and I don't know. I work with lances. That's my gig. I don't know what a good warhammer is, but I go yes, it seems it seems wonderful. The only Warhammer you've seen before has been Netta's. Yeah. Or, and I, I mean, you've seen other Warhammers, but that's the one you've seen wielded efficiently. And, and hers is like a holy object. So yeah. I, it's also it's made of adamantine. It's fancier, yeah. It's actually so. not a holy relic of any kind. Her Warhammer, she's never really spoken about where she got it, but if you had to make a oh, wild guess... Pretty um, no, you're pretty sure she got it on her adventures. Okay, alright. But this Warhammer is a fine dwarven craftsmanship, and will serve you well. Excellent, perfect. Thank you so much, how much do I owe you? Uh, how much are Warhammers? It's 15 gold. 15 <laughs> gold, then. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> thank you, bye. You're the one looking this stuff up. 
So You were so quick with everybody else's prices. That's because I was making shit up. I know. <laughs> so, anything anyone else would like to find? Yes. Uh, I want to find a map of the area. Um, and I would like to buy uh, some kind of musical instrument. I still haven't bought one yet, and I'd like to. Okay. Yeah. So, a map of the area. Uh, what do you mean by map of the area? Um, sort of uh, the that would cover like the river um, and like our journey going forward. Okay. I don't know if there's a specific name. Those or... types of river charts that you're looking after mm-hmm. would be of the purview of the lock wardens. So you could pretty easily acquire those from the Lock Wardens themselves, or you can okay. try to find ones that are made by third-party folk. You know the Lock Wardens would have the most accurate charts of the rivers, though. Okay, so that, so now I'll, I'll just grab that before we head out tomorrow. Um, um, yeah, I want uh, some kind of stringed instrument, I think, is what I'm looking for. Okay. Yeah. So... Eventually, walking through the market, you only really see one place that sells stringed instruments. Mm -hmm. It is a small lean-to up against a building, and in front there are several violins, fiddles, cellos, and one standing bass. (laughs) And in front, sitting just behind, underneath the lean-to... It's really bizarre, kind of, the dichotomy here between these finely crafted stringed instruments with, like, very nice polished bodies and Mm -hmm. this halfling sitting just behind them, dressed in tattered rags with a blindfold over their eyes. And they are slowly stringing a, what looks like a mandolin or a lute, and plucking at the string slowly as they tune it. Uh, I, I kind of want that. I, I want, I want a, a lute or a mandolin. That sounds great. Or maybe a guitar. Um, she didn't have one. Could I commission one? No, we're leaving tomorrow. Mm, um, yeah, you see there are two fiddles, that standing bass, a cello, two lutes, and this mandolin that this person is tuning. I guess I could take a loot. That sounds nice. Probably. Um, excuse me, how much are your uh, loots over there? They're not for sale. Oh. Is, uh, okay. Hmm, strange. Uh, what about... Do you have any loots in the back that are for sale? I'm kind of... Or maybe a, if you have any, like, guitars in the, the back or something and like that. This halfling, still a blindfold over their eyes, will kind of tilt their head as though cocking an ear towards you. And then will just, like, slowly turn their blind eyes back towards the lean-to that's behind them. And you can see it's just a lean-to. There's not much to the, It's a basic shelter. Mm-hmm. And they'll turn their head slowly back to you and say, What back do you think there is to this place, boyo? Is this not a shop? Oh, aye, it's a shop, all right. Just not to the likes of you. And uh, what exactly does that mean? That means I can smell your disrespect for these fine instruments from a mile away. 
So take your thieving fingers elsewhere. I was going to pay for them. Hey, don't judge. And at your hip, Stormpiercer says, I like her. <laughs> um, so I have money to spend. And I have never had the pleasure of being, of learning how to play an instrument, but I... You come to me and think to buy one of my precious creations, and you have no knowledge of how to even play it? Well, yeah, nobody has ever bought one for me. This is the first time I've ever had money. That's nice. Push on. Is there somewhere else I should go? Back to Stormhaven, where you come from. Perhaps find a teacher. Maybe stick with that bard's college you sh so readily abandoned. Do I know you? Does this person look familiar? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Making wild assumptions. Um. I. I walk up to one of the loots. Okay. I look at it for a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, screw it. And then I walk I walk away. Okay. Yeah, elsewhere you can find drums, uh flutes, other wood wind instruments, some kind of like horns, pan flutes of any kind, but hmm. stringed instruments, it seems to be just this one lone halfling who has peered at you and found you wanting. Fine. Whatever. I didn't want one anyway. Anything else anyone would like to accomplish in the Tri-Corner Bazaar? Grawl, perhaps? Or are you just along for the ride? Uh, I'm kind of just keeping an eye on everyone. Um, do I notice anything like keep, like, looking around at all the people. Give me a perception check. 17 plus 421. All right. You do notice at one point during the day, as you're sifting through the crowd, kind of trying to keep track of Tears of Cherish and Sid as they've kind of gone their separate ways, but you can kind of keep an eye on them from where you're at. That there is a figure dressed in sandy brown robes and tunic with a glittering stole around their neck and that like drapes and like comes back around all around their hips that has a uh, shimmering green serpent embroidered on it. And they are looking around as though searching for someone. And the iconography of their, uh, officious stole and sort of their mode of dress is very similar to Tirza's. Great. Probably nothing. <laughs> um, are they like standing still or are they like moseying around looking for they, someone? They seem to be searching the market for somebody. Okay. And they'll occasionally like stop over to stall, have a quick conversation and then just like the person at the stall will shake their head or give some kind of negative sign, and they'll move on. Uh, did they ever make their way over to me? Like, like in my general area? Or is it... 
Uh, they're kind of wandering past you. They walk up to a fruit vendor, and you can overhear their conversation if you want to. I want to. Okay. Do you want to do this stealthily? Yeah. Okay, give me a stealth roll. Yay, stealth. Me and my stealth, but I'm really good at stealthing. Yeah! Oh, no. That's a four. Cool. I mean, you're you're a giant albino hobgoblin. <laughs> that roll makes so much in a sense. Steps <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, pardon me. I am looking for some stats real quick, and they're not in my book. Cool. Um. So, as you are leaning into this conversation in a very obvious fashion, um. This person will stop and stare at you slightly, and you kind of leaned in right as they were giving a description of someone that sounds an awful lot like Tirza, and this person will turn to you and say, can I help you? Uh, <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice snake on, on, on your uh, outfit. Thank you. Yeah. My friend uh, wears the exact same thing. Kind of thing, too. I don't know. And that Does sort of, it, like, it's on the peaks of his... shield, right? Yes, the shield is in the shape yeah. of a serpent. Like a wound serpent with its head at the center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks uh, kind of like the... Whatever that little pendant is in The NeverEnding Story, where it's, like, twisted in on itself. Mm-hmm. So, as you describe Tirza's mode of dress as well, that piques this person's interest, and they go, This is a friend of yours. You know Tirza, then? Yeah, we're like best friends. Amazing. I, I, I'd hope to find her here. Well, I'm just over there. Can I ask who you are? Uh, and... You point towards where Tirza is as she's, like, getting out of the blacksmithery. And he will sort of ignore your question and rush towards her. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say, do I notice as I step out, Grawl pointing me out to this... <laughs> Here to help. Give, give me a perception check. Yeah. I'm about bringing people <laughs> together. Sit, uh, wait. Yep, six. So no. No, you absolutely don't. So you're taken by surprise when this person rushes up at you and says, Ah, uh, a Tirza cloak bearer, and he kneels in front of you and, like, puts out an arm for this sort of supplicating gesture where the return response is for you to touch his shoulder and grip his arm almost in that respectful gesture that you did with Netta, but whereas those cro whereas that crosses the arms, this does not. Um, I think this has happened only a couple times before, and so she does it, but awkward. But awkward, though. And this is a guy that's clearly, like, at least ten years older than you, so... Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, and... Uh, son of the storm, brother, what, um, hello, welcome, greetings. 
What are you doing? Daughter here? of the storm, <laughs> Augerbera. Um, I, I, I seek your aid. Um, <laughs> is, uh, is there somewhere else we can talk? Um, is there like an alcove or something? Yeah, there's like an alley off to the side. Side street or something? Yeah. I kind of just gesture him. Ah, yes, of course, of course. Grawl, what are you doing? Uh, I followed back up behind the the dude, not not as briskly as he was. No. Just in case. All right. Uh, how far away from this conversation do you stay? Mm. I mean, I would get closer, but I'm gonna do the like the look at Tirza kind of thing, just like, you you good? I was just about to say, uh, she, I, she, like, holds up a hand, or, uh, like, a hand, not in a, like, stay back in a, like, we good? Good, okay, so I'll give it a good ten feet. And keep in mind, you are hefting a, a rather sturdy warhammer now as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we good. <laughs> <laughs> so this person follows you in and you can see based on their mode of dress they are what is referred to as an emissary they are members of the jarashir who are tasked with performing very basic duties out in the world beyond the bari as opposed to the thunder guard who are tasked with specific missions of martial and holy importance emissaries are like go get this piece of metal that we don't have in the town Go get this type of fruit. Go grab this person from this location. Like, late. <laughs> yeah. Like that last one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, um, brother, what What can I do for you? How can I aid? Um, I, I am Emissary Naveen. It is an honor to be in your presence, Augur Bearer. Please, Naveen, I... Tirza is fine. I would not dare assume be so formal. Uh, familiar with you, Augerbearer. She's bright red. <laughs> like... Uh, truth be told, I already do myself a great shame by seeking your aid. The fact that I will not be able to complete my own given task, it is a great dishonor upon me. <laughs> uh... Oh, God, thinking of Bible quotes on the spot is hard. Um, some some quote about uh, the power of teamwork. <laughs> as, as the Lord said, teamwork, it makes, makes the dream, dream work. <laughs> For lo, did they not come in the dream by one, by two, and then by three. For together, <laughs> they did form a harmony. Ah, oh yes. Beautiful. Yep. It's that. That's what I said. <laughs> <That's what it laughs> oh, man. And Naveen will nod solemnly at your sage wisdom. God. And say, as as you say, Augerbearer, but um, if I am to speak plain, I require your aid. Yes, speak. What uh, What do you need? Uh, it is... Oh, this is... So... It is a child. Uh, uh, an escaped 
has not escaped. She, she's run. She has fled. She has... We were traveling back from the Maker Festival. She had found her forge bond within the walls of Stormhaven, but when we reached Wickmore's Landing, she... She she started speaking blasphemies, Argerbearer, words of irreverence towards the outer storm. Such things I had never heard before beyond the lips of outsiders. That is, um, concerning, yes. And do you believe she's here? I believe she intends to flee northward. She spoke of learning of the fell magics that hold back the outer storm, of understanding how to bind such things, as though such a thing would be possible. Oh, um... I believe she intends to head for the tower, and I have learned through my own works and investigations, and some questions that you intend to go there as well and he seems to be like really dancing around the fact that maybe he knows like that you're but, not necessarily doing it on spec yeah it's probably uh yeah pretty not officially obvious but like yeah yeah um yes how fortuitous i do plan on making my way in that direction as well and he Perhaps lets out a sigh I... of relief just like oh thank th thank yeah. the gods I I can definitely keep an eye out for her if you'd like. I yes, please, please. That is all I ask. Do you have any idea she's going to the tower? It is what I believe. I have sought the guidance of Shamron the Wise, and my visions would indicate that she is heading in that direction. I will find her. Her name is Esha. She is barely ten years old. Her forge-bonded item <laughs> is a sword, if you can believe such things. She is blade-bonded. Nice. Ah. She's blessed. I will... That is as some would see it, yes. And you see there's, like, some real reticence in Naveen's uh, <laughs> words as he grips a bandage on his forearm. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I'm gonna gloss I'm gonna gloss over that. Um I will shepherd this child of the outer storm. You can count on me, Naveen. You do me a great blessing by accepting this task, Augerbearer. I would not even ask such as you, though I just do not know who else to turn to in this land of barbarians. Cool. Um Yep, you can count on me. Uh, you'll you'll be staying in Wickmore's Landing. I I dare not return to the Bari until this is done. Yes. Um, Having lost a child out in the world, there could be no greater dishonor. All of us make mistakes. None are perfect. Not not any of us. You are you are absolved. And he's just like. Suddenly, there's a humongous weight taken off his shoulders as an Yay. auger bearer says, you are absolved. And he's just like, whew. <laughs> I'm glad that's taken care of. <laughs> that's not what he says, but. 
<laughs> uh, Naveen bows deeply to you and like gets down on both knees and says, I am not worthy of your grace, Augur Bear. I am not worthy of your dedication to the Outer Storm and to the Jarashir. Naveen, please, you are a dedicated child of the storm to come to me with this problem. It takes a lot of bravery and courage to admit our mistakes and our faults. Don't trouble yourself any further. And I'm, I give him a little like, <laughs> and he seems to be as though you have like done a quick blessing on him. He's oh, just like, <laughs> he's going to go back home. He's, he's going to be like, Guys, you are not going to believe it. <laughs> not only was I absolved by an auger, but I was blessed by one. Like, uh, Naveen, always, always talking up, being absolved by people. <laughs> like this isn't the first time this week that he said that to his friends. It's no, not really the first this time, time this week that he lost a child. Oh no! The boy who cried absolution. Uh, yeah, and then I, you know, I. He gives you the name of the hostel he's staying at and says, uh, if you find her, send word. That is all he asks. Um, and he will come to your location as quick as possible. If she is already at the tower, so be it. He will make the journey there. Uh, but if you find her along the way, because he doesn't know if she's even left Wickmore's Landing, all he asks is that you keep an eye out for her. Okay. I can do that. Um... Yes, her name is Esha. She has bonded with a scimitar. I love her. Right? I will die. I will, if anything happens to her, I will kill all of you and then myself. I like to think that what, what Olivia is actually drinking is just straight vodka. Saying <laughs> yeah. Those comments. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I think she, you know, nod, nods to him. They do their gesture of like uh goodbye and mm -hmm. then she like walks up to Grawl and then I also like grabs his arm and like power walks away. <laughs> like, oh, okay, let's go. What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? <clears throat> Am I in trouble? Uh, Grawl No? Okay, great, let's go. And I do the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing to you and then there we go. So Mike. Mm -hmm. I want I want to find this child. <laughs> I want to be the one to find her. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. So, unless you have anything else you would like to accomplish, the rest of the day passes fairly uneventfully. Yeah? Okay. Oh, well, sorry. Did you want to... No, 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 no. I was going to say, we we don't start looking for the child? I don't know. That's okay. up to you. That's why I, sa I said, unless you have anything else you would like to accomplish. I just said I was going to keep an eye out for her. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, she's already on her way to the tower. I, like, I believe him that, that, that seems like the logical, uh, thing. Yeah. All right. And worst case scenario, she's not, and she escapes. <laughs> I'm Again, good then. B based on Naveen's words it seems as though the child is mostly just having a crisis of faith yeah based on his tracks. recounting and that uh she's believing some absurdity about there being other things beyond the outer storm 
which is ridiculous. Like she she clearly caught some sort of thought contagion while in Stormhaven. Gotta yeah. Gotta watch out for that. <clears throat> it's true. So yes, anything else any of you would like to accomplish on this the eighth day of salt? I would like to purchase a large amount of booze from the bar and have it taken to my room. <laughs> Everyone's invited. Everyone is invited. Like, everyone in the bar? Yes. Party and Grawl's... Party and Big! So, Grawl throws a rager the night before you leave? I'm a benevolent king. We all okay. gonna... <laughs> We all gonna be hung over AF. Yeah, Trish probably goes and then is almost immediately like, nah, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I go to bed. <laughs> Do people actually attend, or is it just me just sitting in like a throne you of booze? You offered free booze. Do you like? Do you make this announcement to the bar? Yes. Okay. Yeah, a ton of people show up. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, and you have promised to buy alcohol for all of these people. Yes. What level of alcohol are we talking? Like, the good stuff, or... No. Okay. No, 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 no. That's Swill. for me. That's for me. So you're buying, like, tons of the the basic stuff. I'll just buy some, like, uh, like... I will buy, like, barrels of ale, or whatever. Okay. So. Ale by the gallon is two silver a gallon for the cheap Great. stuff. So I'm to to in drunken the number of people that show up. Let's see how many people mm -hmm. show up. Roll yeah. the people. Uh, Twenty four individuals, <laughs> not including the party, show up. Mostly Great. they are members of the Guardian Guilds, Haven Guard, Lock Wardens, and Edge Masons. As it is more and more apparent that this bar is a hangout for these sorts of folk when they're off duty. And uh, you engender yourself to them graciously as the beer keeps a-flowing. You spend a solid five gold on beer, all things considered. Not too shabby. Perfect. And make a very Wonderful. fine impression on many members of the Guardian Guilds here in uh, Wickmore's Landing. Great. How deep into your cups do each of you get? Yep. Yeah, like, are we role-playing this? No, 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 I'm just wondering how yeah. deeply you imbibe. Like, how hungover are you in the morning? Oh, no, Tears of Sips of the one beer <laughs> the entire night. Just okay. there to chaper. Like... <laughs> okay. I think... I think Cherish gets, like, halfway through her first one, and is mostly just like, I don't really want taste, but I don't want to seem lame, so I'll just pretend to drink the rest of it. Um, Sid takes a drink over to a corner, and he's still a little mad, um, and so he just, like, sits in the corner and angrily drinks uh, by himself reading reading a book. Are you reading this the rager? book? <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, which story are you reading? Um, great question. Yeah, Sid's that guy. He goes into a corner and reads a book. I like that we're like the Not opposite always. of most D. Like, 
every other D&D party would be like, yeah, we get freaking blitzed. And all of us are like, no, we're just reading. (laughs) (laughs) I think Cherish is mingling or trying to. um, But I don't think she stays the whole time. Anyway, I think she goes to bed very, maybe not like early, but not like late. Mm -hmm. Uh, I read uh, Horatio Emberlight in the City of Dragons. Nice. A classic tale Mm. in which Lord Dust, arch rival of City and Emberlight, or of Horatio Emberlight, the two must team up in order to defeat (laughs) what is known as a hollow dragon. Which is a, a metallic dragon that has been hollowed out and filled with necromantic energy. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And I want one. You are reading about the adventures of Horatio, his sidekick Wotan of the North, and Ooh. his love interest, the pirate queen Riza. <laughs> Riza the Red, specifically. Um, yeah, normally I would be the type to socialize, but I'm not not really feeling it right now. Mm-hmm. Grawl, how silly drunk are you getting? I'm not silly drunk. I am. I'm very serious drunk. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. I am the. Uh, you know, the host of a party mm-hmm. who doesn't want to get reasonably drunk because he has to maintain fun for all. Um, and uh, so he. I. I will. Yes, read. I do know. I don't understand. <laughs> nope. Um, but anyways, uh, I will I will drink, but I'm not going to get uh, um, blitzed, as the kids say. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you all have a fairly good evening outside of your own individual broodings. It is fun without getting too damaging on your livers and spirits. And so the night passes. And I think we will pick up upon your journey northward at first light at Wharf 1 after we finish our break right now. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Greetings, my friends. Omatep Duskwalker here, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM. Here once again to show off some of my fine wares that you can find at my store. Today I am here to talk to you about a very peculiar set of shoes that I have stumbled across. They are called the Boots of Salmon Striding. These scaly boots will allow the wearer to walk across the surface of most watery areas by conjuring a fleet of fish, commonly salmon, though this can vary depending on the area, to swarm beneath their feet as they walk. The fish cannot support more weight than the wearer can usually carry, though this can vary depending on the breed of the fish. If you happen to summon a large sturgeon, perhaps, maybe it could carry a little bit more. But that is, of course, up to fate to decide. For a limited time, I am offering these only slightly used scaly boots for the low, low price of 500 gold. Any takers? Look, I know they smell a little bit, but you get used to that when you can walk on water. For reals. Okay, well, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had done some shopping, gotten a side quest, and were preparing to leave on their journey northward to the tower. 
And that is where we find our heroes now, at the break of dawn on the cold, cold month of salt morning, just outside of Wickmore's Landing. I mean, you're still in the city proper, but the wharves themselves are on the edge of it. And you find yourself at wharf number one, looking at the hustle and bustle of three giant barges preparing to make their leave of the city. You see that there is a cadre of lock wardens being commanded by Captain Garou himself, the large white-furred bear man saying, Avast ye boys, get ye over there! Our adventurers will be here soon, we'll be pushing off soon. You see dock rats and wharf hands moving to and from, beginning to untie lashings to the flotilla. You see a number of people crowding onto the barges as well. Each of these barges is a huge construction, about 100 feet long and 50 feet wide. These things are absolutely massive. Uh, the two of them appear to almost be floating warehouses, while the middle one almost resembles an inn or some kind of lodging space. It looks as though you have two supply barges and one transport barge. How wide is this river? The river it's, it's wide. The river itself is very wide. It's hundreds of feet wide in some places. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, it's a big river. This is the largest river in the valley, in fact. Um, and one thing I would like to put to you all as my players is, what is the name of this river? River McRiverface. This yeah. is the large, wide river that goes northward from this tri-section. Um, the west, or the east, uh, no, the west bridge was the like Y-shaped construction that crosses where the three rivers meet. Mm -hmm. But this large, wide river that flows northward into Lake Quelio is the largest thoroughfare of water in the valley and is one of the most used. Mm. Outside of the river that flows through Stormhaven is called the Haven Flow. That's the only river in the valley I've named so far. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a large, widely used river that flows north from Wickmore's Landing to Lake Quelio. There are no bad ideas. That's true. Uh, I don't I don't like I don't like this name, but I like the I like part of it. I the ever reaching river. I like I like the idea of, like, reaching. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's... Mm. As this is a river that leads directly to the tower, which is one of the oldest constructions in the valley, at least mm -hmm. in modern memory, it could be the Mage's Reach River, as in reference to the old mage. Could be I the Tower Reach. That. Um, that's the other thing too. Is if it's the if it's this big, it probably has many names. This is true. Like nicknames and stuff, like mm -hmm. the Mississippi does. I'm fine with Mage's uh, Reach. I like that a lot. Actually, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Me too. So these barges are about to make way onto the Mage's Reach River, flowing northward into Lake Quelio. As you approach the docks, Captain Garou gets an at least one eye on all of you. He only has the one, to be fair. Yeah. 
and he'll let out a uh, loud voice that cuts through the morning mists and says, Avast, it be our adventurers! Well met! Ahoy! And I uh, change my outfit into a pirate outfit. Oh. <laughs> and Captain Garou oh, will look you up and down as you do this and then let out a hearty, roaring laugh. A roar! <laughs> uh, good morning. Indeed. Hello, sir. A yar. This and be known the traditional greetings. Ah, <laughs> uh, um... Uh, a yar, then. A yar to you as well. So, this be how we split in the journey. There be three of these here flotillas, these barges, be pushing northward. One be full of mundane supplies, food stores and the like. Things to keep a man full and happy and warm. The middle barge be full of passengers, students for the tower, scholars... Petitioners making their way to the old major self. Mm-hmm. The third barge be full of other supplies, but of the more arcane persuasion. It be an eldritch batch of items on that there barge, and quite honestly, it gives me the willies. <laughs> but I be Go putting on. it to the four of you. Which of these barges be likened to the garden? Me and me boys will be splitting up the other two as you see fit, but I figure the four of you fine adventuring folk can take a barge all to yourselves. Well, I feel like the arcane barge is the most likely to be attacked, and so therefore I feel the most comfortable guarding that one. A daring sort, I appreciate that. Uh, are these barges connected to each other? By thick lengths of rope, yes. Okay, that's what I figured. The order in which they'll be moving upriver will be the mundane supply barge will be first, the traveler's barge is in the middle, and the arcane supply barge is in the rear. And while they are connected by these long guiding lines, they're not necessarily taut at all times. They're all moving under their own power, so to speak. Yes. Um, are there... Uh... Are there going to be lock wardens, like, along the sides of the river? Because that's usually where attacks are coming from, right? There are lock warden outposts stationed at specific intervals down the river. Every three days or so, you should run into a lock warden outpost. But there aren't, uh, there's not going to be people, like, traveling on the actual land itself? No, they prefer to stay on the river themselves with a, a keen eye out. Because otherwise they'd probably be outpaced by the boats pretty damn quickly. Unless That's they why had... I was asking how fast boats go on this river during the break. <laughs> uh, yeah, the arcane one. Uh, that that seems a reasonable assum- assumption to make. I... So you'd be taking would the rear prefer- barge. Would you pre- prefer us all to s- stay together? Well, I don't be wanting to split up your uh, party cohesion, as it were. It's very important. We've established uh, moves and techniques and, you know, alley-oops, as it were. I only uh, be assuming have... such a thing. Have we? I... I think so. I 
Okay. I'm pretty sure we have. <laughs> Mostly it'd be a matter of, my men know how to work well together, and they not be used to the likes of ye. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't want to get in the way. That makes sense. Yeah, wouldn't want to show them up or anything. Wouldn't want to rock the boat, as it were. <laughs> Technically, it'd be a barge, not a boat. Oh. Oh, yeah. Just so we be getting our nautical terms correct. Oh, right. Yar. 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 So, if you choose to take the arcane supply barge, it will be the last of the flotilla. So yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. All right. So, get loading yourselves onto there. There is scant room for passengers aboard this ship. There is a small crew that mans this barge. A crew of the captain of this barge plus three others. Uh, the captain of this barge is a woman named Julieta. She is this uh, very, I mean, very much like a a river captain. She's wearing a headband. She's got sort of like very low-cut bodiced uh, blouse, but wearing trousers. She clearly has a uh, vivacious energy to her, and she's not afraid to throw it around. Um, and her, she is like trading body jokes with the three other members of her crew. She is a human woman, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, so as you approach, uh, you can see that she and all of her other crewmen are. As opposed to a lot of the other river folk who are wearing much lighter armor, they're wearing some very heavy external armor, uh, padded leathers with plates of mishmashed iron, either in the form of breastplates or big gauntlets. And as you approach, she uh, lets out a, a hearty hello. Um, I give a deep bow and sort of flip off, uh, my, the pirate hat that I am now wearing. And she gives you a, a very suggestive wink and says, well, aren't you the dashing one? Uh, I'd like to think so. They all do. <laughs> oh, I love her. Right? Savage. Uh... I... Sid, would you like a, a cold compress for that burn? <laughs> no, I'm good. That was and hilarious. One of the crewmen in the background says, Pretty sure we have some potions of healing for that sick wound. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, when we get attacked, just try and stay out of my way. <laughs> I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> uh, yes, hi, hello. Uh, Yar, I guess. Um. <laughs> no needs for Yars aboard my barge. Thank you very Thank much. God. Thank the gods. Uh, uh, so, where do you want us? We're here to help. Stay to the walkways, stay out of my cruise way, and please don't feed the crabs. Okay. Hmm. Is that a common problem? Crab problem? 
only for people who don't know any better, and I'm hoping, as I've just told you, that you now, in fact, know better. And now, now we know. Knowing's half the battle, I hear. Uh, uh what, what do we, we call your crew, or... Hi, uh, I'm Tirza. <laughs> uh, Julieta introduces herself. She considers herself the captain of this barge. Um, her men are referred to as the, uh, or they refer to themselves co- collectively as the Eldritch Haulers. That is apparently the name of the barge. They are renowned for carrying dangerous and questionable materials to and from the tower. Do, do they have names? Yes, absolutely. Which okay. I will now roll up on my random name chart. Let's see. We've got Sigmund. Oh, nice. We've got Milo. And we have Ricard. Nice. Some good names. Some good pirate names. Mm-hmm. And they're all wearing a uh, bandana that matches Captain Julieta's. She has this black with, like, gold shimmers bandana that she wears, and her three crewmen are all wearing a similar bandana on their heads. Captain Julieta and the Eldritch Hollers is a very good band name, by the way. Fuck yeah. <laughs> It's uh, Gypsy Punk. So yeah, yeah. I'd listen to that. There is a small cabin on the south side of the barge, though the main barge is taken up by this big warehouse construction that is locked and sealed. And there's a set of big double doors on the north end of the barge. So if you imagine, it's essentially a giant rectangle uh, with two sets of double doors, one at either end, the large ones at the front of the barge lead into the warehouse proper. The smaller ones at the back of the barge lead into a small cabin where the crew and any sundry passengers stay. Okay. Yes, that's us. So, the last of the passengers are loaded onto the middle barge, and Captain Guru lets out a long, shrill whistle and says... Release the crabs! And from your position on the barge, you can sort of see underneath the docks now, and beneath the docks of Wickmore's Landing, you see these massive wooden cages that are partially submerged in the water of the river. People working at the docks will begin, like, turning cranks and pulling on ropes attached to pulleys, and you see the fronts of these cages slowly lifting and scuttling out from these cages, lashed to ropes that have been attached to the barges, are these huge emerald-shelled crabs that crawl out of these cages and begin clattering around. You see people with long poles with bits of meat hooked on the end, luring the crabs out of these cages, and then basically guiding them towards the front of the flotilla, where they are then attached by these ropes that are kind of cruelly drilled into their shells and attached to the carapace. They don't feel it. It's just calcium buildup on their exposed exoskeleton. You're assured. (laughs) 
and those crabs will then descend down to the bottom of the river and then begin their trek northward, pulling the barges along in a to basically guide their course along the river. That's sick as hell. Yeah. I love it. Metal. Jesus. It's fine. And Julieta makes a passing comment as you all stare at this, saying, Like I said, don't feed the crabs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I'll try not to. Grawl. What happens if you feed the crabs? I'm just curious. <laughs> I just want to know. We get off course, and then we crash, and then everything on my barge explodes. So please don't do that. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, oh, question, uh, Captain. Um, so if we get attacked, uh, should we try to not throw people overboard? Is that kind of the thing? Like, if so we get attacked... Crabs? Yeah, would that count as feeding the crabs? If we get attacked, all bets are off. You do okay. what you have to do, honey. Okay, I will. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. you see that Captain Guru gets onto the middle barge with two other lock wardens. Four lock wardens go onto the front barge, onto the mundane supply barge. And just as the sun is breaking over the outer storm and the Stormwall Mountains themselves, as light begins to shimmer across the emerald green and blue waters of the Mage's Reach River, um, you start your journey. It is slow going at first, but quickly the river's current picks you up and you move quicker and quicker down the riverways. Is there anything you would like to accomplish in the first day? You know it is going to be a nine-day journey to the tower. Um, I want to, I mean, I'd like to check out the cabins, like, you know, deposit my stuff that I'm not, like, carrying my backpack around while I'm doing. Okay. Uh, inside the cabin, you see that there are several bunks split into pairs. There is a smaller room inside the main cabin that seems to be allocated to the captain. There is a small galley kitchen in here as well with a rough iron stove with a little, like, tailpipe that leads up and out of the cabin and sort of trails smoke behind the barge. One of the crew, Milo, is uh, apparently the, the barge's cook and will cook any, like, supplies you might provide him. And, yeah, for the most part, it's just open space inside this cabin with oh. racks of bunks. Okay. Uh, I guess I asked Milo if he's in the kitchen, like, uh, I, like, what bunks are, I don't want to take anyone's bunk, uh, if they're, you guys have your own thing that you do. Nah, sleep wherever you want. Oh, thank you. Honestly, no one's gonna bother you if you're sleeping on a bunk. Fair enough. Mm. I think Cherish sleeps on one of the bottom bunks. Okay. Yeah, and it seems as though there are way more bunks on here than there are crew at the moment. There are oh, probably okay. 12 total, and considering there are only 8 of you total on the ship. Or the barge, right. I should say. Yeah, I'll take a top bunk. Okay. Uh, are we allowed to go below decks? There is or... no below decks, per se. Or I guess the storage area? You could. There would be some raised eyebrows and, like, why would you want to? 
because Julieta just said everything on this ship can explode. I just want to know what's on it. Probably explosives. Uh, when you express any kind of concern, Sigmund will definitely like elbow you a little bit and say, Ah, Captain's just razzing you a little bit. It probably won't explode. That's comforting. <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> Cherish kind of like rolls up behind her and is like, yeah, usually you need to like do a ritual or something <laughs> to make something explode. And Ricard, who's watching the lines that are tied up to the the traveler's barge, will chime in and say, yeah, you'd really have to like stir everything up together for it to make some kind of combustible reaction. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty crazy if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Great, this conversation is very comforting. <laughs> so glad I had it. Mm-hmm. And Captain Julieta will say, As of right now, my barge has never, in fact, exploded, and I intend to keep it that way. A lot can happen. It's a long She's only five journey. days from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so so I know she said, too, that we should stay out of her way, but do we need to do any work on this, or is this able to be crewed by three guys, or four people? It can, it seems to be very easily crewed by four people, considering the vast majority of the work seems to be being done by the two barges up front. Mm. And even then, the river is doing most of the work, and the crabs are just making sure that the barges don't swing too far out of Center River, to be honest. Mm -hmm. They're basically living anchors that are guiding the barges. Cool. It makes the need for, like, Pullman on the side of the barges unnecessary. Great. Nice. Uh, Quick question. How... So the deck of the barge is plural. How far up are those from the water? About five, ten feet. Depends on which barge you're on. On your current barge, it rides a little low, so you're probably about five feet up from the water. Okay, perfect. And there's like rails and stuff. Um, are there? That's I mean that's just I'm of course yeah. question. Yeah. On, on this particular barge, no. Okay. On the passenger barge, absolutely. Okay, that makes sense. Awesome. I can't wait for us to get attacked so I can do some stuff. And it is about twenty feet of open water between you and the next barge up. Okay. There are planks on the your side and the opposite side of the barge that can be lowered to act as walkways if there needs to be a crossing, but for the most part, they are kept raised up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you can see that the passenger barge, like I said, it's, it almost looks like a floating inn to a certain extent. Think like old school riverboat. Mm-hmm. It seems to be well accommodated for travelers who are used to a more pampered lifestyle, the researchers and scholars that travel to and from the tower aren't necessarily used to a rough-and-tumble, sleeping-on-floors lifestyle, so they are expecting a certain amount of class and comfort, and this barge apparently provides that. And you can see Captain Guru strolling around on the second level of that barge, kind of along a walkway that seems to ring the outside of this little inn that's floating on the barge itself. Nice. Is there anything you would like to accomplish within the first day? Um, 
I would like to gamble with any of the crew who would like to play cards with me. Oh yeah, did any of did any of our crew members were any of them at this rager that we that girl threw? Hmm, that's a very good question. Let's find out. Please tell me it's Sigmund. Did <laughs> any of them get blackout drunk at this party? Which one of them fell asleep in my bathtub? None of the Eldritch Hallers were present at the party, though you do recognize that one of the Lock Wardens who is stationed with Captain Garou on the next barge over was at the party. Okay. Is he acting weird, like when he catches any of our eyes? No, mostly they're acting hungover. They're kind of shielding their eyes from the light and sort of like taking their helmet down a little bit so they don't necessarily catch any of the light reflecting off of the river from the sun. Mm. That's fair. Uh... Yeah, sounds like Sid wants to gamble. I got, I got nothing. Okay, Just something to do. Play cards. We don't have to bet anything, but the crew you know. is mostly busy securing the ship. Um, mm. There are only four of them. They have, right. they do have duties. Um, it seems as though most of their work involves going through the warehouse that is on this barge and making sure that nothing is being, nothing volatile is being tipped. The inventory is all there and making sure that some of the more active supplies are kept restrained. Uh, hence um, their, like, more heavily armored appearance. Gotcha. Uh, I would actually like to offer to help them with that, based on my uh, magical prowess. Okay. And you have, in fact, spent time learning at the tower, so the, a lot of the stuff would be familiar to you. Um, you can see that this, the interior of this warehouse is pretty cool, actually. It is a, it is a magical storehouse that has a lot of components needed for spell and ritual work, but on top of that, it also is importing live animals that are used for different magical research. Snakes that venom can be, like, extracted, or animals that shed skins that can be used in magical research. Large spiders that molt, like, giant spider molts can be extremely useful in certain rituals. Great. So, this is part magical supply barge, part zoo. Hmm. Um. Uh. Hmm. I'm petting a snake. <laughs> it's just biting you. You're dead. <laughs> um, there are no constrictors in here. They yeah. are all venomous snakes. I mean, I'm part of a. I'm part of a religion that probably does snake handling. So. Eh. Give me an animal handling check. Oh jeez! I was. Oh no! Oh, I was. You're kidding. literally handling an animal. I hope. I hope someone has a healing potion on hand. I do. Oh god. Oh hey, cool. Uh. Twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. In. I'm part of a magical snake religion, guys. So. Cherish, you watch Tirza wander over to one of the small enclosures that has 
essentially a nest of vipers inside, and you see Tears would just stick a hand down in, and <laughs> Ricard, who's moving with you through these uh, items and sort of showing out the more unique ones, both of you sort of tense up as you watch this happen, going, ha ka pa 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 and then Tirza's arm just comes out, and this viper is wrapped around it, its head gently resting in the palm of her hand. Aww. I love him. Oh my god. That's I kiss its little head. <laughs> and it gives a little snaky, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Cute. You know, the snaky blah, 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 blah. No, yeah. <laughs> the scientific term. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And yet you all knew what I was saying. Yeah. I know I'm I am a hundred percent on board, Mike. I yeah, I know exactly what you meant. Perfect. Cool. Snake mm-hmm. is my new best friend. That's Sorry, amazing. Cherish. That's amazing, but please put it back. And Ricard says, uh yes, please, those are uh, very valuable. I would appreciate it if you did not handle the merchandise. Uh, Look with your eyes, not with your hands. Okay, and I just... I just don't want anyone else to get hurt. And you put your your arm down and it just, like, slowly slinks off your arm back into this giant ball of snakes. Okay. Ricard will walk over to you, though, with another box with a bunch of holes in it and look to you and say, Well, of course, if you'd like to, you could feed them. Yes! Okay, yes, I'm absolutely feeding these snakes. And he hands you a box full of mice. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, it's a box and it's got that little girl in it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... Shit's getting dark real quick. Cool, that's that's Tears' day. Poo! Feeding snakes. So, Sid, if you would want to gamble with anyone, it would probably not be on this barge. It would probably be on the Traveler's barge. Uh, okay. Well, I, it's not super easy to get over there, right? There's the there's a walkway. You have to lower walk. a gangplank, and it's easy enough. I mean, it's a wide enough gangplank. To, it's meant to be used to travel between the barges while you're traveling. Um... I wouldn't call yeah, it the well, safest thing in the world. There's, like, rope lines that you can use as handrails, but... Oh, yeah. If you're not um, trying to do cartwheels over this thing, it's safe enough. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk over it. Dang it. Might as well. Don't give him any ideas. Okay, yeah. lower the gangplank and walk over to the Traveler's Barge. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving into the lower part of the... Essentially floating in, you can mm-hmm. see that there's a huge common room here. Yay. It looks like it is a fully appointed bar. Um, Is anybody already playing any games that I see? No. A lot of people are... What tables there are, it seems as though people are spread out, and a lot of people are reading books, writing on paper. Oh, uh, nerd barge. <laughs> there are people having S- a- animated conversations with each other. They're all, like, sipping what looks like very mellow drinks, if they're even drinking alcohol at all. Well, this is really... I'm just, like, really bummed out. Um, I mean, I get... I, I, I go up to the bar, and it's like, uh, I guess I'll get a drink. Uh, in the corner, there is 
someone playing gently on a lute, just as, like, mild background noise. Um, yeah, what do they, what kind of drinks do they have? They have basically anything you could ask for. A lot of it's higher end stuff. Okay, and they have food as well? Food can be prepared, yes. Okay, well maybe I'll I'll order uh, food, it's still pretty early, I believe. Yeah, it's just past early morning. Like yeah, the sun, I'll... the sun rose maybe an hour ago. Okay, maybe I'll get food, um, and just just kind of people watch a bit. Okay, see if give anybody... me a perception check. Okay, you order food from. You are introduced to the the innkeeper here, the owner of this barge. The captain is in fact the innkeeper as well. <sighs> they are Captain Kurzbeck. How do you spell that? It is spelled K-H-U-R-S-E-B-E-K. Great. Captain Kurzbeck. Um, And my perception roll is... And they are a very rough-looking half-orc with a scar going over one eye, but they are have this very polite affectation. As you approach, they go, Hello, what can I get for you today? Um, do you have a menu or something, or... Oh, but of course, and he... This gruff, green-skinned, like, horrible, gnarly-looking orc just produces a finely-lettered menu on white cardstock. Okay. Love it. I'm a little off-put, but... Um, if you I have any that. questions, feel free to ask. Uh, sure. Uh, and then I take a look at the menu. Uh, what, what are we talking here? We mostly crab. Currently, we are on our breakfast menu, which consists of fresh eggs, of course, uh, loaded mm-hmm. just before we dock. Although I'm afraid they might not be so fresh by the end of this journey. Gotcha. Um, I'll take uh, whatever you recommend. I would, of course, uh, recommend the Eggs Benedict. Sounds good. Indeed. I will get that for you right away, sir. Get the Benny. I'm just like, yeah, and I just start looking around. Um, Give I me a, a... Yeah, what was your perception roll? Uh, 14. 14, all right. Yeah, amongst the scholars, there are a couple of other more rough-and-tumble types that maybe catch your eye. Maybe mercenaries looking to do guard work up at the tower, you're not sure. A lot of these people do strike you as scholars and researchers. There are a few younger people, maybe people your own age or that run the gamut from, like, very young to, like, 12 to, like, your age, 19-ish. Gotcha. Um, I guess I go, well, I don't know if they're going to bring food out to me, like, if I go sit down. But, I, yeah, I'm going to go sit down uh, at a table, and I'm just going to bring out my deck of cards, and I'm just going to start shuffling it and bridging it and just seeing if, it, if anybody notices. Okay. Um... Eventually, you do attract the attention of a couple of these scholarly types. Uh, what game do you suggest when they come over? Um, well, I don't know what the 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 games are uh, uh, for this world, but um, I'm imagining something just simple like a like a like a poker or something like that. Decks of cards in this world have six suits. 
and you play a game called Queen's Court. Queen's Court. Great. It's a lot like poker, but it revolves around uh, acquiring hands of different varieties. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I I mean we're it's still pretty early. Probably I don't need to be gambling anything, but just 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 to have something to um uh you know something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, who, uh, what do the people look like who who sit down? There is a very wiry looking cat person who sits down across oh. from you, and. Okay. Who introduces themselves as Leois. Leois. L-I-O-E-S. Okay. And a human dressed in very finely tailored suit with a pair of like tiny spectacles that just rests on their nose. Mm-hmm. And they introduce themselves as... Uh, Dr. Phineas Finebrook. Phineas Finebrook. You know the name? Phineas Finebrook. Lovely to meet you two. Um, so glad that you are familiar with the game. Uh, I don't know that many off the top of my head. Um, what, uh, what brings you to this, uh, journey? You're going up to, to the Mage's Tower? Uh, Dr. Phineas Finebrook says, uh, yes, of course. The finest libraries can be found there, and I have uh, expended my research abilities in Stormhaven, so the tower is, of course, the obvious solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you studying? Uh, forensic archaeology. The, the ways and means in which magic of the past was used. We can learn a great deal from how our forebears wielded the arcane arts here in the valley, and perhaps outside of it as well. So you you got any got any idea what caused all all that? <laughs> oh my no. <laughs> You're asking what, what what caused the the outer storm? What caused uh, mag- magic to go mad? Yeah. Uh, uh, sir, if I had any theories about that, I would be a, a very rich doctor indeed. What do you think about giant flying serpents? <laughs> I think that's about as likely as anything. Great. So when you discover that that's true, you can uh, include me in whatever uh, in whatever grants you're writing. Oh, uh, oh yes, oh yeah, of course, of course, very well. Great. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll be sure to do that, my boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I'm talking to him about that, I'm going to I'm going to use some sleight of hand <laughs> to try and win. Okay. Just to see if I can. Mm-hmm. There's no stakes here. Yeah. Sleight of hand, sleight of hand. I got a natural twenty. <laughs> All right. And as you're having this conversation, you can feel the eyes of Leois on you as you're kind of rearranging the cards as you see fit, but they seem none the wiser as you deal yourself a a perfect queen's court. I think this means I win. Hmm. The cat person just stares at you with slitted eyes and says, yes, it appears you do. (laughs) Uh, Tell me about yourself. 
and it'll the cat person will drum their claws on the table and just like squint their eyes at you and say I think I've had enough of the games for now and push up from the table and walk away. <laughs> Sore loser. What's with him? We weren't even gambling. Maybe I should have. And Dr. Phineas Finebrook will just shrug and say, Perhaps Queen's Court is not, not his game. Guess not. Um, and then I guess I, I play with whoever, you know, stops by and just kind of talk to people and Okay. Uh, what yeah. are the rest of you doing over the course of the day as Sid abandons their post? <laughs> uh, after after Cherish is done helping out, uh, uh, helping Ricard out in the uh, in the in the warehouse, like just going over stuff, and yeah, um, yeah, she probably just like goes to the front left of the ship. Star, star, starboard, starboard, port. One it, of them. It's a barge, it's so it's the left side. <laughs> do, do barges not do port and starboard? They can. You clearly don't, they though. Can. Ooh, Rack. need a healing potion for that wound. <laughs> uh, As yeah, so the front left. Okay. And just, you know, takes, takes uh, like, you know, doesn't take and watch. Okay. So the water parts in front of the barge and big sloshing, like, boom, boom, as you move down river. They, there is a simplicity to moving down this river that you really haven't known for the last few years of your life. There is a sense of, well, the river's moving in a direction and it's going to take me where I need to go. At the moment, nothing's trying to actively kill me. There's no weird extraplanar creature invading my life in every turn. There's no cult attempting to stab me. For this, moment. for this moment at least, it's a, a peaceful thing as the sun gleams down on the Mage Reach River and just scatters its light across the, the green-blue waters. Mm -hmm. It is a peaceful, peaceful day. Excellent. Hmm. See how long that lasts, but <laughs> I love it. Grawl, Tirza. Uh, I'm messing around. Well, once I am done eating and petting all of the snakes, <laughs> um, I am definitely messing around with this warhammer and kind of trying to get a grasp, a handle, <laughs> uh, on. <sighs> <laughs> on like wielding this which I assume I mean I'm proficient in weapons I'm yeah. assuming it's not super difficult for her but no Tears has had martial training in basically any kind of weapon you could name you just happen to settle on the pointier ones for most of your young adult life yeah. but you've definitely been given training in the Warhammer especially the Warhammer by Netta yeah um I'm also going to probably are we at like midday-ish now? Yeah, a little bit past. Okay. Um I'm gonna cast I'm gonna cast aid on Tirza or sorry, on not on me. Uh on Cherish and Grawl and Rick 
which is going to give them five temporary hit points. Okay, cool. Yeah. How long does that last so, for? Eight hours. Okay, good to know. So for the rest of the day. Dang. Grawl, what are you up to while all this is happening? Uh, Grawl, well, no, no, Grawl doesn't want to do that. Um, uh, which, which one is Captain Guru on? Captain Guru is patrolling around the upper deck of the Traveler's Barge. Okay. I would like to go there as well. Abandoning my post. Okay. You go across the same gangplanks, you make your way over there. Um, I want to see if, uh, like, you can tell me about, like, what recent issues they've been having, uh, with, like, shipments going up and down, like, in okay. particular, like, what type of enemies they've been fighting, if there have been at all. So you go find Captain Guru? Mm-hmm. Okay. He is up on the upper deck. Uh, at first, he's a little off-put by your presence. He's just like, uh, what you be doing here? Shouldn't you be on the other barge? Yep. It'd be peaceful now, my hobgoblin friend, but you never know what dangers lurk along these river shores. That's why I came over here. What have you been facing? Well, did I not tell you just the other day? Yeah, yeah, you did, but I want more details. Where are they coming from? Well, this Why be are they the, doing what they're doing? This be the dangerous season for trolls. You see, in about a month's time, they be going into torpor. And before then, they be loading up on all sorts of calories they can be getting their green, scaly hands on. Anything yeah, they can I'm... find to eat, they be eating. Okay. Um, Tis a mighty our... danger. <laughs> on our journey to uh, Wickmore's Landing, we ran into... Uh, some classy individuals, um, some some individuals marked with uh, a brand. You wouldn't happen to know anything about people being marked with a brand, would you? What type of brand? There be all sorts of brands around the valley, boyo. Um, he's gonna take. It's just like a three prong thing, like and on the arm, like right. Captain Guru will begin rolling up his pant leg, uh, just above where the. Uh, the peg leg is, and for a moment you're like, ah! but then you just reveal that like he's got some ritualistic branding that's like bear folk cultural branding on his leg, and he'll show it to you and say, no. all sorts of be branding around the valley. Some do no. it as an aesthetic choice. Specifically a three you said toes? Is that what you said? Yeah, three toes, three clawed. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna do like uh, emotion, like, with three fingers on, like, a forearm. And kind of explain it to him. Captain Guru will make a history check. And then... Hmm. You know, that do strike me as a bit familiar. Can't be putting my pl tongue on it, though. Not quite sure. Nothing that be causing problems, anyway. As far as I know. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, that was my one play. Um, <laughs> shit. Okay. Well, uh, in that case, uh, I'll Grawl will just say that, like, if if there's trouble, we're ready for it, kind of thing. Nah, you'd not be ready for this sort of trouble. It's the fairies you got to look out for. What kind of fairies? 
All sorts. River fairies, water fairies, wreath fairies. Fairies be lurking in the shrubbery just on the edge of the river. Always be singing men to their deaths. That's so the true danger. The magic cuts to the bone, boy, to the bone. It cares not for your ears. It sings to the soul. <laughs> oh, that's deep. That's real deep. Um, Aye, and you'll be okay. deep down in the river when the fairies sing you to your doom. <laughs> I love the captain. I love the captain so much. Um, well, uh, Grawl's kind of like doesn't know how to respond to to music that cuts into the down to his soul from fairies living in shrubs on the side of a river, so he's gonna be like Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll tell my friends. You do that. It'd be fair warning to you. That be the true danger upon the river. The fairy folk waiting. And he's like staring almost in a haunted fashion <laughs> out into the middle distance into the river. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Captain. Aye. Aye. But I leave. And he doesn't even seem to notice you leaving. Oh my god. Oh, I love him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll go down uh, to see what Sid's doing, because I saw him go over to the, uh, the Traveler's Barge. Okay. Earlier. Uh, you find your way into Kurzbeck's Keep, which is the name of this big inn aboard the, the Travelers, Traveler's Barge. As you do, I need you to make a perception check. Okay. That is a 14. Okay. Moving into the barge, you're met with the, much of the same sights as Sid. Travelers of a more bookish variety, a couple of mercenaries in this bar proper. Uh, as you walk in, Sid, you are finishing up your eggs, Benny, and it was a delightful. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. Did he use a fork and a knife? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> His hands are all sticky with eggs and hollandaise sauce. It's like, oh, no, no, he got this. Plate, like, dripping it into my mouth. Behind the counter, there <laughs> is a horrified-looking orc gentleman <sighs> going, Oh, my can I get a napkin, please? So glad I'm, I'm you asked. can have three napkins. <laughs> three are they, napkins? Are this they cloth napkins? Yes, they are cloth napkins. Okay. And nice. at your hip, Stormpiercer will say, <laughs> I don't even have a digestive system, and I find the need to vomit now. <laughs> <laughs> It was delicious, so you should feel left out. Not left out. Only horrified. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, so, the rest of the day passes rather uneventfully, unless there's anything in particular you'd like to accomplish. Nope. Okay. As the night comes, you are told that you're kind of expected to keep watch aboard the ship. It's sort of your job. So as mm -hmm. you find your way back to the Eldritch Hauler, what is our watch order? Um, I will... I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, if everyone's cool following the watch order we've been doing... Just 
keep doing that. Okay, so Sid, me, Tirsa, then Grawl. Okay. So, as we pass into the watches of the evening, light begins to dim. The day is pretty short, uh, all things considered. You are moving into winter after all. And as you do, Sid, you take the first watch. I need you to roll me perception check. Okay. In fact, everyone give me perception checks. That we will get resolve once we get to your watch. Uh, I got ten. Ten? Okay. I got a nat 20. Yeah. yeah. I got a three. <laughs> oh, damn. Twelve. Oh boy, we're all doing is a sleepy, sleepy baby. Oh so, man. Yes. Sid, your watch passes uneventfully. You pass it over to Cherish. Cherish, your watch too passes uneventfully. The the darkened sounds of the river, like at certain points in the night, you can't even see the edges of the river. It's so wide. So you'll just hear random splashes off in the water to the left and to the right of the barge that make you jump. There's ship noises here that you're not used to. The creak of wood on water, the splash off in the darkened depths somewhere beyond your sight. Tirza, you definitely fall asleep. Yeah, I was going to cast aid too before I went to sleep and I didn't. So, good. Grawl, you wake up instinctively, knowing that Mm -hmm. it's your time to watch, and you find Tirza curled up in a corner somewhere on a big pile of rope, just snoring. (laughs) Sarah, like, uh, do we have any, like, cups of water? You could. You're... Like, like, you know, like before... Yeah, no, I mean, like, like, drink, like, on, on the boat. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to bed. I'm going to a glass of water or whatever. You could get a, a, a mug pretty easily. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> get some water. Okay. Walk on over to Tirza. Mm-hmm. Really high. Really high up in the air. Mm-hmm. And then slowly <laughs> dump it out. It's it's that vine of that girl who's asleep getting water <laughs> poured on her face. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's oh. that, but you also say Netta as you awake. Ah, oh, my. Because this is not the first time this has happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just usually there's a very angry woman looking down at you when it's happened she's before. Really, yeah, she's really embarrassed and like, yeah, she's really embarrassed. <laughs> um, As Grawl says, wake up, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, thanks for that, man. Uh, I think she, actually, I think she is going to stay up. with. She's going to take a watch. <laughs> okay. That went so well last time. So, as the two of you take your watch... Ooh, actually, this changes things. Um, I need both of you to make investigation rolls. Can I make it with advantage? Ooh, not 20. Using... You may. Okay. Well, that doesn't super help. I got a nine. Okay. The two of you 
How do you patrol the outside of the barge? Do you patrol together, or do you basically just cross paths on either side, going in counter-directional pathways? I mean, it... I'm assuming, Reed, that based on that gesture for this podcast we're recording, you mean that we're going our separate ways. Well, well yeah, yeah, I was going to say separate... <laughs> well, hang on. I didn't want to say anything because you started saying something, and then I, once you well, were I done, was, I was going to indicate my. Voice. No, I was. I was gonna say, um, she's yeah, she's probably still embarrassed. She's like, yeah, I'll help, and then goes whoop, in the opposite yeah. direction of girl. Not wanting to be around the adult, like the adult that you feel embarrassed by. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Grawl, as you're wandering towards the front of the barge fairly opposite of where Tirza is at the moment, you notice that the large double doors leading into the warehouse proper are slightly ajar. I'm going to slowly open them. Inside, like... the warehouse of the Eldritch Holler is dark, though you do have dark vision out to how many feet? Um, dark vision. Oof, that is not readily accessible for me. I believe you have dark vision out to sixty feet. I think yeah. it's. I think that's right. It's either sixty yeah, or like, hundred. Yeah, it's okay. sixty. Yeah, it's sixty. Okay. So, in that black and white sort of grainy aspect in which you see in darkness, you can look into the darkened warehouse here and see mm -hmm. there is a shadowed form on the far side shifting through crates. And you lose um, track of them pretty quickly as they move deeper into the warehouse. Towards its back, in fact. Okay. Um, how long would it be for me to wait like based on how many like how long would it take for Tirza to get to my position, given the size of the barge. Moving at a basic walk, she would probably pass you in about a minute. Okay. I'm going to wait for Tirza. Okay. Tirza eventually round the corner and see Grawl standing just in front of the open warehouse doors. I'm going to gesture... Um, waving a hand for her to come over. I, yeah, I will, um, like, sneak over to him. Or I'll be a man, I'll just keep, keep walking. Clank, 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 clank. Yeah. <laughs> as quiet as I can go. Um, and I'm gonna put my finger to my lips and do the, you know, quiet universal sign for quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and and then I'll say, there's someone in there going through stuff. We should stop them. Yeah, as a team, though, right? Like, that's what we're supposed to do. So... Yeah, of course. And she grab, pulls her shield, like, off her back. That, and I might need you to heal me, too. So and then I, I go to start opening the door. Well, the door is open. It was never closed. Well, no, I mean like like full blown, like all the way. Okay. So you approach into the warehouse. Are you doing so mm -hmm. stealthily? Yes. 
Tirza? I'm going to follow Grawl's lead, although I also pull my Warhammer out. All right, so give me some stealth checks, the two of you. Eleven. Oh my god, I'm so mad. I got a 19, but I have disadvantage, so I got a... Oh, a six. That's not cool. as bad as it could have been. So the two of you move in on Grawl's heavy footfalls and the slight clank of Tirza's armor. You're not moving nearly as silently as you would maybe want to in the deathly silence of the interior of this barge. There is the type of silence in here that is reminiscent of entering a room in which someone unseen is suddenly holding their breath. There's that just stillness in the air where you can feel the presence of somebody else, but you're unaware of exactly where they are. I can't see anything, so I'm going to just hold my position. Um, at the door. Yeah, there's no light yeah. in there. Yeah. Um. Also, do do we know if there's multiple entrances to this the, this warehouse? One hundred percent, there is one? not. There's just the one entrance. There's just the one, as far as you know. Okay. Oh, if right. that's the case, I yep. like kick the door shut behind me. You gotta. Uh, kick I'm the inside. Door shut. You're gonna kick the yeah. door shut. Yeah. So we're not being stealthy. Yeah. There's a... I, I know. And now like... you're in total darkness. Tirza, you 100% cannot see. Shit! Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, leave the door open. Well, how so you bright can see. was it outside? It is, Moonlight, probably. it is just past the full moon. It is, in fact, the full moon today. So, pretty oh. damn bright, actually. Damn it. I mean, you can still open it back up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Okay. So, <laughs> she, so she kicks, and then, and then like then a, yeah. I actually, um, I think the order of events is whoop, shit. Yeah. Um, and then Grawl will point at Tirza and do the like stay here motion, pointing directly at the ground. And she's gonna do a. Which is probably kind of unusual for her. I don't think she usually plays the sassy teen, but like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then Grawl, uh, Grawl's gonna draw his sword and like start inching his way in to the warehouse proper. Okay. You have to move about 60 feet to where you last saw the darkened figure. And at that point, okay. they turned a corner around a set of cargo box boxes so you would lose sight of Tirza if you followed their path. Yeah. Um okay. Um I keep looking for them. Actually, wait, no. No. Um I'm going to cast Eldritch Sight. Okay. I'm assuming this place is probably going to light up like a Christmas tree and I'm not going to be able to see a damn thing, but who knows. It lights up in bits and pieces because as opposed to like true magical items, this is just stuff used in ritual casting. So it's not inherently magical itself. There are a couple of things that are inherently magical, one of which is directly away from you about 20 feet towards the very rear of this warehouse you can see that there is at least one or two crates that are, in fact, lighting up like a Christmas tree. Okay. 
are any and of there the is a shadowed movie. outline in front of that light. Perfect. I'm going to start making my way towards that. Okay. Cutting around some crates and barrels, Tirza, you completely lose sight of Grawl in the darkness. Yeah. Grawl stalking forward, are you trying to do so stealthily, or have you just basically abandoned that well, at this point? I'm going to try. Okay. Oh, that's not good. That's a six. So you are not being particularly stealthy as you clomp so forward. What happens oh. when the rogue isn't here? Yeah. <laughs> Sid, where are you dreaming about? <laughs> being really quiet. Is Cherish awake and just staring at Sid asking that? What's she thinking about? about? <laughs> Sid, Sid, are you up? I am absolutely not. <laughs> no, I don't think Cherish is either. That's funny though. So, as you round a corner, Grawl, you see a figure attempting to be stealthy, but the task that they are currently engaged in requires a certain amount of exposure. They have pried open the crate and are lifting out these glowing crystalline structures. They look almost like if a snowflake was really, really big, made of white crystal in these sort of like weird spiky growths into these strange angular formations. And they're pulling this out of a crate and shoving it into a sack and then going down for more. They don't seem to have noticed your approach because I botched on their perception check. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, God, what can I do? I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Actually, and as you take another step forward, there is a very bizarre sensation as your foot plants on the ground. It doesn't feel like the rough wood that you've been striding on this whole time. Suddenly, you're on wide flagstones, worn smooth with time and age. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, yay. The world around you hasn't changed at all, but you can feel that difference beneath your foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, how far away is this individual? Maybe only 15 feet away from you right now. That odd sensation of walking through a dark room where there is furniture just beyond the reach of your hand, though you know it's there, is omnipresent now. The hair on your arms and neck are standing on end. You can feel the presence of objects that are obviously not there. Based on what your eyes are seeing, which is this warehouse, but the, the feeling in your body is telling you something different. So if I close my eyes and reach for something, does anything happen? What are you reaching for? The, the things that aren't there, that are there, but aren't there. No, that feeling is just... It's just a feeling? It's just a feeling. It okay. doesn't necessarily represent a physical object is actually there. Okay. I'm going to misty step up on this broheme. Just on top of them? Like, it, like, 
what's the, what's the what's the meme? Uh, it's nothing personal, kid. And then right behind him. So you're going to Missy step right behind this yep. person. Yes. Okay. You are suddenly behind them. Okay. That feeling beneath your feet intensifies, and you feel a very dry oh. draft rush across your nose, and you can smell parchment and old books. Okay. That's what I think it is, then. I think. But if I, okay, so Grawl's gonna stay, uh, after, with his sword drawn. He'll, he knows the word moth now, right? Mm hmm. Okay. And you specifically know that that is in a language that is abyssal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Grawl will ask the individual, uh, if they are Mott. And with a bit of a squeak, they will drop a crystalline formation onto the ground. It will shatter into a thousand pieces and then, like, scramble away from you, kind of, like, falling to the ground as though completely unexpecting your approach. And their hood will fly back, and you can see in the darkness that this is a pale human with a small pet of sp spectacles resting on their nose. And he'll say, oh, good gracious! Oh, and as Dr. Phineas Finebrook looks up at you... This fucking idiot. This guy. Well, he's about to get murdered. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> is it sad, though? Is it? He's yeah. kind of sure. What do you do? Uh, I'm gonna level my sword at him and ask him what he's doing. Uh, um, uh, simply, uh, 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 collecting samples of the, of the rhinestone. <laughs> and? And, uh, uh adding their co 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 collective knowledge to, to the archive, of course. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. That's why you were taking it out of. The box. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> Tell me what you're doing, or I'm going to take your arm off. And he'll like stare at you wide-eyed, and his eyes will flick around, and then he will vanish. Uh, Eldritch sight. I mean, Eldritch sight reveals that he is not there. Oh god. Uh Well, I don't know what to do now. Um, um I think in the in the silence, can I could I he I mean, probably not hear any distinct words, but I could hear like murmurs. Mm-hmm. Uh you heard a a shrill scream <laughs> that was definitely not growl. So so in the silence tears <laughs> it goes Grawl? Is everything okay? <laughs> I and can't see anything. That is when you see a uh, skinny human in a black cloak appear uh, just in front of you, Tears, about 40 feet away. As they seemingly teleport directly into a square in front of you where you can see. Uh, can I hit them with my shield? 
You want to rush up and hit them with your shield? Oh, I thought you. I thought it was like right in front of me. No, they are I about was... forty feet away. They only teleported thirty feet because Misty Step can only go so far. Oh, okay. Um, just just kidding. Then I think she like, uh, you know, drops into uh, guard stance and goes, "Who are you? What have you done with Grawl?" And he goes, I'm a... and then he vanishes again. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, from from across across the warehouse, you, you like. There's a tiny human stealing things. <laughs> uh, Grawl, you feel <sighs> the sensation of the flagstones beneath your feet and the presence of shelves just beyond what you can touch vanish suddenly as this person r- runs the fuck away. <laughs> God Does he appear again anywhere I can see? Um, Give me a perception check. Booyah! Uh, 17. You stare around wildly, and turning, you can see across the way the lit windows of Kurzbeck's Keep, the floating inn, and you see appearing on the second floor on a balcony, just foomp, this large window in reality open, and this figure comes stumbling out, looking around, and then turning a corner around this balcony to presumably go back into some room. Oh, I'm gonna sound the alarm. Fuck that guy. Uh, can I, yeah, can I, like, run over and shout to, like, anybody who's awake? I'm assuming that there are other people on a watch on the other barge. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm gonna... Even, like, a whistle or something? You know there is a bell on each of the barges that you can, like, run to and ring. Okay. I rang the bell. Okay. Uh, is that does that signify like an attack? Am I gonna have like a huge? That just signifies all the guards to like get up and at him. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna ring. I'm gonna ring a little the real little bell. Okay. It's like boom, 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 and Cherish and Sid, you are immediately awoken by this. As are the crew of the mm. ship. People come rushing out of their cabins. You see the lock wardens on the other barge rushing over to the edge and saying, Ho there, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, like, oh. cherish and, yeah, just running up, like, yeah, what's what's happening? What's... Uh, someone was... Um, someone was in the storeroom and they appeared right in front of me and then appeared on the traveler's barge. I don't know if it's an intruder or a growl are you here by yeah, now. Yeah, growl has stumbled yeah. out of the darkness. Grawl, what's going on? What's happening? I don't the, even know. The tiny human with the glasses is taking things. Uh, he said rhinestone? That is what he said. Yeah. If you say this aloud, uh, Cherish, give me an arcana check. Tirza, give me a advantage. religion check. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. Uh, let's see. I got a 21. 19. So you would both know, but have very different connotations for what this stuff is. Rhymestone is... There are many theories about what it actually is, but 
Essentially, it is a crystal formation that forms very high up in the Stormwall Mountains, at the very edge of the outer storm itself. Arcanists and magical scientists theorize that it is raw, crystallized magic that sort of coalesces at the edge of the outer storm. The Jarashir have a very different connotation for this material. That tracks. They refer to it sometimes as Shamaran's Tears. Uh, sometimes they refer to it as the uh, Stormstone. It is used in very sacred rituals to imbue, like, sacred paints and tattoos that are worked into the skin of some of the Jarashir. It is part of one's Hajri would involve going to the top of one of the Stormwall Mountains to collect some of this material. That is a part, the last little bit of the Hajri that you have yet to complete. Is... How do you spell it? It is spelled R-Y-M-E. Okay. Or actually, no, no Y. It's R-I-M-E. Sorry. Okay. I was reading the wrong thing. There's no E in there? Because it looks like it says Remstone. R-I-M-E. M-E. S-T-O-N-E. Oh, <laughs> good. So you raise the alarm. Guards begin rushing about. Captain Guru eventually wanders over, lets out a big roaring like... All right, girl, what this be about? I, I, there's a, there's a thief. Um, A fairy thief? Be they fairies, be they stealing I, our booty. I mean, he was small, but not fey, I don't think. Everyone give me insight checks. That is no bueno. Bad. Fuck. Nope. I got I an 18. 16. 12. Cherish I mean, and Tirza. Run. I'm guessing, Sid, when you said fuck, that was a bad thing. It, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, Cherish and Tirza, when Captain Garou starts saying, Was it fairies? Be there fairies aboard these ships? You see a couple of the lock wardens behind him rolling their eyes and going, Oh, God, not again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Tirza, what did he look like? I, I didn't get a very good look at him. Uh, he was hooded, and it's... I'm the only one of us who can't see in the dark. Oh, that's he right. A, I keep forgetting. He was Girl, a small man. Him? He was a small man who had, like, little glasses, and he was very, very, very weak-sounding. Can you um, get more specific than that, or... Well, I can check in a moment. Is he... Did he look familiar, or... He had a very nerdy voice. I don't know if nerdy's the right word. I don't know if Grawl would know the word nerdy. <laughs> Why not? So you, you get... Eventually you get a description out of Grawl that... Sid, you recognize as one doctor... Phineas Finebrook. That sounds like 
a man that I met on the barge over there, Dr. Phineas uh, Finebrook. Is that Captain he, Garou? He, disapp he disappeared somewhere on the Traveler's Barge. I'm assuming he's one of the passengers. Hmm. Well, we got a name. We got a description. And I say, and he lifts up a hook, we get to the bottom of this. Who's with me? Yar! Hi! Yar. Is there anything missing in the in the warehouse? Is there anything broken? Like, what did he do? Is everything okay? Girl, you have to tell me! Uh, as you're saying this, Sigmund, Milo, and Ricard are rushing past you into the warehouse to make sure of those exact things. Mm. And uh, it's pretty quickly ascertained that several pounds of rhinestone was taken, and at least one pound of the material was shattered and destroyed upon the ground. It's, it's quickly losing its glowing essence when it shatters. It has to be very carefully moved and transported, lest it break. He'll pay for this. I was actually just about to say almost the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you all gather together, following Captain Guru back across the gangplank, moving towards the uh, floating in, all, a lot of the other passengers aboard the ship are beginning to look outside of their rooms and looking around over the balconies, looking down at all of you. And as this cadre of armed people moves across the gangplank, it's the four of you, Captain Garou, and two other lock wardens move in a like flanking motion across this inn. At the bottom of the inn, you are met by Kurzbeck, who says, "What's What is all this? What's going on? And Captain Gru says, one of your passengers be looting the supplies. We won't be standing for it. We'll be having to be searching the rooms. And Kurzbeck will say, well, that's very untoward, I should say. Um, Where is Dr. Phineas Finebrook's room? And Kurzbeck will lead you up there, giving you scantilized looks the whole time. <laughs> I never. I never. Oh, my. So irregular. Um... And eventually, you are led up to a room, and there is a gentle knock at the door from Kurzbeck before Guru just shoulders past him and kicks in the door with his peg leg. Yeah. With a shout of, the jig is up, you fairy bastard! <laughs> He's not... <laughs> and inside, you see Dr. Phineas Finebrook bolting up from bed with a startled look on his face wearing a white dressing gown and a white sleeping cap saying oh my he had tons of time he had tons of time i'm gonna make an arcana check with advantage uh okay so actually i'm gonna ask a question before i just rush in um so i know that arcana checks are not detect magic mm-hmm mm -hmm. So, <laughs> if I were to make an arcana check, like, how likely would it be that I could, like, just be like, maybe I know? I don't know what you're trying to know. I'm trying to know if the rhinestones are in here. Roll and find out. Okay. <sighs> 
that is uh, an 18. Okay. You reach out with whatever magical senses you seem to be accruing through your the expansion of your powers, and you don't sense anything innately magical in this room. I don't I don't feel anything magic in here, but it, I'm just I'm just saying, like I believe you, Tirza, and Grawl. And Doctor already... Phineas Finebrook will go. Uh, uh, what? What? What is going on? I, I, I... Um, I already start like looking through his shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, pulling apart the sea chest at the foot of his bed, you find uh, that there's a a ton of old moldery books in here that he's apparently like taken with him. Lots of journals. Uh, there is. A large saddlebag he has off, or not a saddlebag, but like a hip bag that he has. It's like a big book bag. Um, several backpacks. He has basically luggage. Um, okay. How dare he have that? He's clearly a criminal. At the at the bottom of one of these bags, you do find a knife, but it looks like a fairly unused traveler's tool, not necessarily a weapon. Um. So I don't find anything. And he's just, like, holed up in his bed, covers, like, pulled up to just under the chin. Sirs, there was a a theft on the third barge, and the man who did it looked just like you. Uh, Oh, my. Do you know of anyone who would want to impersonate you or frame you? I immediately believe this guy. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, oh. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, there are, all, of course, all manner of those jealous of my work and uh, would <clears throat> seek to uh, disabuse me of my uh, scholarly reputation. B- but I yeah. assumed none would have uh, f- followed me from Stormhaven. Yeah, can I, I, mean, can can I, I roll insight? Yeah, yeah I was about to say, can You I may indeed. Inside. 17. Uh, natural 20. Okay. Nice. He is not lying. Uh, you can tell he is, he at least believes what he is saying. Mm -hmm. And he is wildly upset with Sid rummaging through his stuff. And especially when you, like, begin pulling out books, he's, like, laying out a little, like, (laughs) That's a first edition. Oh, it's a first edition. Sid. <laughs> Growl, could anyone have been... Could the person you saw, could they have been magicked into looking like this guy, do you think? Nope. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> There's no spells that make people look like other people? I, but it would be I'm magic sure then, and I would, definitely... would, would have seen it. I would have seen the magic, and there was no magic. Because <laughs> that's how that works, isn't it? Yeah. So if he was using, if someone was using some sort of a, would would have appeared as magic, and he was just a plain old dude. A plain old dude who teleported, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can teleport. So can I. Yeah. 
There's I'm no reason saying. he can't do it. Yeah, but he's a magic dude. I don't know. But if Grawl was using some kind of sight to see magic stuff, then he would have seen the magic of the illusion. It's actually really interesting, because you see, when you cast an illusion on yourself, <laughs> and Cherish and does... Captain, Gr- to... Captain Gru is like, uh, that's enough, lass. Thank you very much. Would you be able to see it if he was being mind-controlled in some way? Uh, is that a thing? I don't know if there would be any residue on him from that, like once the spell ended. It also might take a bit more concentration because how detect magic works is the longer you focus on a thing, the more you can tell about it magically. Mm -hmm. So at first glance, maybe not. Hmm. Hmm. Sid, you said you saw this guy earlier today? Yeah, yeah, I played... uh, Oh, oh, yes, you were that lovely young gentleman downstairs. Uh, Sid Embolite, wasn't it? Uh, uh, yes. P- please me. don't touch that book. He uh, says as you're like grabbing this like thick black tome out of his like trunk. At this point, I, I kind of believe him, so I'm kind of just like just throwing stuff back in. Then he's wincing every or, time you just like or, throw a book back in there. Organizing, be damned. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. sorry about that. I mean, you were. He- I mean, you were on this barge earlier. Did you? I guess, was anyone else acting suspicious? Uh, Miss Doctor... Uh, doctor? I almost uh, said your majesty. Uh, like, that's not how you address uh, doctors. Uh, uh, Dr. Phineas Finebrook, if you Dr. please. Dr. Finebrook. Mm-hmm. Has anybody been paying special attention to you or maybe acting too friendly? And he, like, glances quickly over at Sid. Oh, no, he's he just likes to steal things from people. It's fine. Um, um, I'm kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> We're all friends here now. And <laughs> Captain <laughs> Guru like looks yeah. over at you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. He's just a rascal, but I trust him. So it's a great joke. Uh, great joke. We're all telling right now. <laughs> this be not a time for jokes. I be thinking. I agree. I agree. You're right. Stop telling I apologize. Jokes, Please. I apologize. Love God um, stuff. Tell you what. It be late. I be posting my men at any entrance to this here room. Be making sure Dr. Finebrook not be escaping. Hell, I be staying in this room with him for the evening to make sure he not be escaping. Let's that be. Like a lot of fun. We sort this out in the morning, eh? Mm-hmm. Do, do we think that casting Detect Magic to see if there's any reminiscence of mind control on this guy would be worth it? I mean, I can try it. I can also try it. We could all try it. Let's <laughs> all do it. Let's sure. all do it, and hopefully one of us will get a nat 20. <laughs> I don't actually think I took Detect Magic, so... I mean... Who is yeah, using Detect Magic? This guy right here. Grawl? Okay. Oh, I was just posing the question, but yeah. Oh, it's happening. Okay. okay. Do it live. You open your eyes, and open your eyes again. And again, and again, and again, as your pupils subdivide into that strange, wide glare that you get whenever you're using your Eldritch Sight. And glancing around, there is only one piece of strong, magical aura, and it is coming from the book that Sid just tossed into the trunk. Sid? 
Yes. Let me see that book. Oh, this one? And I grab yes. it and I toss it at... Um... <laughs> and Dr. Phineas Feinbrook like, cr- does a full-body cringe and says, No, 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 no. That, that is my, one of my private journals. I, uh, please don't do that. Um, private journals. Open and the book. Captain Kurzbeck will come over to you and like put a hand on the book and say, uh, "No, I I don't believe so. You are invading one of my clients' private journals. What? This is not some sort of inquisition that you can just barge into this person's room." I mean, we did literally see him stealing something. You have yeah. two witnesses. And, like, looks around the room that you've thoroughly torn apart and is like, well, have you found the thing that was apparently stolen? Not yet. He might have written it down, though, in his private journal. And we're we're trying to determine right now if he's been been mind-controlled by another one of your guests. And Captain Guru says, and he also might be full of fairy tricks and magic. And that, too. Anything's possible. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Can I can I just read it? I don't have to read it out loud. Just personal. Because I was the one who saw him. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot read what is written in this book. You do not speak the language. <sighs> Bodian. Dang it. Can he determine what language it is? I don't think so. What languages does Grawl speak? Grawl speaks uh, Elvish, Common, and Goblin. He, no. And he doesn't even speak gobl- or um, Elvish. He can read it. No. Ah. And then without asking anyone, he flips the book around and says, Does anyone recognize this? Do I? What languages do you have? Infernal, uh, or no, I can't read Infernal or Draconic. Uh, I can read Common, Orc, Goblin, Elvish, and Dwarvish. You do not recognize this language as any of those. There's yeah. a general shaking I... of heads. Yep. Nope. Captain Guru gives a shrug. The other lock wardens are like, uh. Well, that proves it. It's. <laughs> no. <laughs> I say we threaten to cut an arm off or a I, no, no, until he tells us what it says. Why don't I just stab the book? And Captain Guru will lift up a hook hand and a normal hand and say, All right, all right. That'd be enough violence for this evening, I'd be thinking. We'd be waiting here. I'd be pouring a circle of salt around his bed, just to be making sure it ain't none of that fairy tricksiness. I would like to, uh, like, gently take the journal from Grawl. And, and Dr. Phineas Feinbrook will let out like, yeah. But, and what I'm, Grawl, do you, do you hand it, like, do you let me take it from you? Yes. Okay. I want to stab the book. I Don't want do to. it. I um, want to stab it. This is, this is, this is Grawl in character I, telling Cherish. I know. I, stab I know. That book. No. No, we're not going to do that. Not yet. Not going to do that. And she told. walks over. Stop talking. And she walks over to, to Phineas um, and, like, you know, is very gingerly holding it and, like, hands it to him. And he, like, quickly grabs it and, like, hugs it to his chest. And she says, I'm, I'm sorry that we barged in here. 
tomorrow, we'd like to ask you some questions. Please, please, tell us if you remember anything strange that happened in the last, you know, day or so that doesn't have anything to do with Sid. Uh, and I'm going to make a persuasion roll. Okay. But I botched. So I'm purple and I have horns and that's not working for me right now. And Dr. Phineas Finebrook will say, yes, of course, I, I have nothing to hide. Don't like that. Right. Sorry, guys. So we go back to bed. <laughs> yep, and well, <laughs> before, okay, no. before I leave, I'm going to do the whole point at my eyes, point at his eyes kind of thing. And I want to make an intimidation roll on this guy. Okay. Come on, baby. Oh, that was garbage. Never mind. That's a 10. And he's thoroughly terrified of you. He goes, meh. <laughs> I'm getting that book pipsqueak, and then I leave. No, you're not. <laughs> That's like the last thing that happens is the door closes. I was the last one in there. All right. So you leave. Captain Guru is going to remain in the room watching out for fairy magics. Yeah, um, sure. Two other lock wardens are posted outside the door just to make sure this guy doesn't leave. And in the morning, you will all gather in the common room of... Kurzbeck's keep to try to sort this out one way or the other. But until then, you all head to bed and maybe get a few hours of sleep before dawn. Because this was, of course, all occurring during the last of the watches. Yeah. As you try to find what rest you can, cherish. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. As you're beginning to close your eyes... <laughs> you hear a voice in your head. And let me look up this spell specifically just to make sure. Oh, super. Oh, Great. I love it. Yeah. Um, it says in Dr. Phineas Finebrook's voice, if you help me, I can help you. You seek answers, and I have access to the greatest library in creation. <laughs> uh, is this a thing I can communicate back? Um, yes. As far as you know. Uh, what questions do you think I have? Where you come from? Where you're going? The secrets of magic and arcana unknown to this world or age?
What do you got? I don't understand why you were trying to steal things. You're heading, or, well, I don't know that. I don't understand why you're trying to steal something. Those that I serve only wish to learn, and occasionally they require samples. This was the easiest way of acquiring such a thing. Twas but a small pittance. They are still left with pounds of the stuff. you serve? There's no response. Of course not. <sighs> My job is to protect this barge and to keep everything in it where it's supposed to be. And then I go, go to sleep. And just as you're drifting off, you hear one last word from Dr. Phineas Finebrook, and he simply says, I serve the Archive. And I think it is there where we were end with yet another mysterious message to cherish. This is becoming a running theme. God. <laughs> Fucking people blown up my phone. <laughs> Why phone, won't you let me stab is? a book? So. I should have left my phone at home because this is a disaster. <laughs> Perhaps next time we will discover the true intentions of one Dr. Phineas Finebrook and solve this mystery and keep on trucking down that long river towards the tower. We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Until then, of course, you can find us on Twitter at MattComRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. And we have an email address, which is MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. Uh, does anyone have anything they would like to plug internet-wise? Nope. Uh, you can find uh -huh. me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Come tell me that Cherish is the best character and that everybody should always be listening to me. <laughs> Otherwise, don't interact. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, be friends with me. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Readimus. That's T H E R E E D I M U S. And you can message me and say that, yeah, you were right. You probably should have stabbed that book. <laughs> um, yeah. It's fine. Uh,. Come hang out with me at Cry Out Olivia on Twitter. Don't talk to me about Tirza. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Come talk to me about everything. Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah I think that's it. As yeah. always, Lisman cannot be found on the internet. Or anywhere, really. That's true. He's very sneaky. mysterious. And of course, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, you can do so at MK Gorgoni. And if you wish to follow Omatep, who is, of course, not appearing in this episode, you can do so at NPC underscore AN. For, of course, he is an important NPC, even when he's being overshadowed by pirate bears. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
It's so, a lot of shadow, so it makes sense. It's true. Yeah. So until next time, thank you for listening. Have a good whenever it is you're listening to this. And yeah. bye. 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 Cool. bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>